The Fighting Films podcast discusses films ranging from G to NC-17 rated. The three hosts discussing these films are adults who will not hold back from using bad and or explicit language at times. With that in mind, this show is not censored, so please listen at your own fucking risk. For fuck's sake. Welcome to Fighting Films, a podcast where us three friends pit two films against one another that are similar to us in some way, and this week, uh, three films. Maybe they have very similar plots, maybe they share directors and themes, maybe they are an adaptation of a famous novel, or maybe there is just some personal reason for one or each of us. Either way, the discussion will be fun. Let's get these those films fighting. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stefan, the show creator, fun fact generator, and critical aggregate. And I'm Jess. I'm another co-host. I take care of the social media, so if you hit us up on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Smoke Signal, Sign Language, you know, however you want to do it, um, you're usually getting a hold of me, and if you want to talk to the guys, I can pass along the message. Um, And today, we are joined by another guest. Stefan, who are we talking to today? My friend, uh, Billy. He's wonderful. Billy, why don't you introduce yourself and say some fun facts? Okay, well, my name is Billy. I am a non-vegan carnivore slash omnivore who likes to walk on the beach with meaningful thoughts in the air and a wonderful feeling in my heart. I don't say anything particularly serious. I like to ramble. I word salad photosynthesis. I sing (laughs) opera and musical theater. I have been on recordings that have won Grammys and have performed in Carnegie Hall. And I got to watch um, Kathleen Battle get totally snubbed, which was fabulous. Oh, it was amazing. Loved it. Kathleen Battle, Google her. It's yeah, she I I'd never heard of her until Billy pointed her out to me. What she a is piece one of work. Those, she is one of those people. She is a fantastic singer. She is. Yes. But she is one of those people that allowed her ego to eclipse her talent. And it caused her to lose quite a bit of work because of it. Because people just kind of got tired of it. Yep. Jess, um, okay. Let's just put it this way. She, um, when she was fired from which which venue, Billy, was she fired from again? Metropolitan Opera. Yeah. Uh, when she was fired, the entire cast and crew erupted in applause at the announcement. <laughs> and uh, the they made sure, the, the uh, backstage crew made shirts that said, I survived the battle. That was in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. A really fun story about her is she was in the limo out there in California, and she called her agent in New York City and asked her agent to please call the limo company to have them have the dispatch contact the driver to let the driver know that it was just a little too warm in the car and to please turn the temperature down because she was too much of a fucking diva to hit the damn button herself. 
<laughs> I guess back then it, they didn't really have acrylics. I'm guessing, so it was either real or a Lee press on. Alrighty. I don't know that for a fact. I just know it to be true. That 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 is some pretty high diva esque behavior. Yeah. That is right, ladies and Doberman. I am here to spill the tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. With that being said, Stefan, what movies are we talking about this week? We're doing uh, all three Annie film adaptations. It's a triple threat. Yeah. The 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 threat being, um, if you are really misbehaving, we will make you watch all three. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked all three. They all had their own certain charms. I I did too. And Billy, you you uh, directed. It was a high school production of Annie. No, right? it was a it was a middle school production. Oh, oh yeah, yes, and mm-hmm. it was yes. So just <laughs> wow. I mean, doing that show. I now can say that Annie should have kept her ass just peddling her oval teen <laughs> like in a, like in the other Our movie, Christmas, the Christmas Story. story. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that song maybe, maybe. I'm like, maybe that bitch should have shut her mouth and gone to bed and turned off the light. Because she was keeping everybody up. Not only in the orphanage or in the foster home, as in the 2014, but also everyone on that block. You know that they were all like, we hate this bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the girls liked her. Otherwise, she could beat up most of the other ones. Not yeah. Pepper. I, I was see. I was a Pepper fan because mm. Pepper was just a straight up <laughs> hard nosed bitch. Yes. She was. She was spunky. I thought she was. She was sass. Mm-hmm. So, so Stefan, why are these movies alike? Well, they are all based off of the 1997 Broadway musical, Annie, which uh, has its origins as a uh, comic strip, the Little Orphan Annie strip from way back, uh, I guess it started, I want to say, in the 30s. Uh, I have it here, according to Wikipedia, which, of course, anybody can change any information at any time, so Mm -hmm. it's absolutely valid. Uh, Little Orphan Annie, the comic strip, ran uh, 1924 through 2010. Wow, that's a long time. There was a radio show in 1930, and there was a 1977 musical, Annie, and then Annie Warbucks in 93. Mm. Yeah. Annie Warbucks was, yeah, I think that was it like had a, a sequel, grand, right? Yeah, it was okay. grand okay. opening, grand closing. <laughs> I've, oh. I've never heard of Annie Warbucks. So. Did it yeah. last longer than like the Carrie musical on Broadway? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop you right there because <laughs> Carrie the musical, the song "When There's No One" is. Phenomenal, and the late Marin Maisie, God rest her soul, she sang that impeccably. Mm. Annie, yeah, yeah, Annie, Annie Warbucks, the set, the sequel, yeah, I think it 
it closed within within like a week or so. I, I'm not oh 100% sure, but yeah, it blew monkeys for quarters. It was horrible. <laughs> so basically, we're talking about the uh, original theatrical release and the made-for-TV remake and then the theatrical remake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there was the original Broadway musical that they made into the '82 film, and then Disney did a version of it in 1999 as part of the Wonderful World of Disney, which yep. also brought us Cinderella. Loved it, as well as Once Upon a Mattress, another really wonderful show that I highly recommend that people go and. Check I, I was and check I was here. in Once I was in Once Upon a Mattress. Oh my god, we have an opening for a princess. <laughs> yes, that's sweet enough for our old prince. Liz, uh, I hope you're listening to this. It was by Mary Rogers, who is the daughter of Richard Rogers. Billy, you mentioned Cinderella. Was that the one with Brandy? Yes. And Whitney Houston? It was. And it was okay. phenomenal. I've heard that. It is It is on my list of things to watch. I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. Oh my Me, god, you, you were all either. excited about watching Annie and you didn't watch that one. Cinderella was what what started that whole thing. They did that production and it and it was such a huge hit that they decided that they would do some other. So they did Annie, they did Once Upon a Mattress, and they also did the Music Man. Okay, well maybe our next triple threat needs to be Cinderella. I okay. wouldn't object to that. <laughs> But which Cinderellas? Are we gonna do the the original Cinderella with um which was a television production that had um Julie Andrews? And then it was redone with um oh my gosh, who was that crazy that bonkers lady from um she was in Oh, I'm gonna have to Google it now. I'll I'll wake no up in the worries. middle of the night screaming her name. No worries. <laughs> no worries. We can look it up later. There, um, so there is going to be a uh, a new Cinderella movie. I guess this year next. Uh, Billy Porter is going to be the Fairly God Parent. Good. Yep. I well mean, well deserved. He can. I, I hope he wears a dress in it. He rocks dresses. Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Yeah. I so, got it. Leslie Ann Warren. Oh. oh! Yeah, I love her. Miss Scarlet. Yes, Miss Scarlet. Yes. And I think, isn't she also in the original, or the original, in Victor Victoria, didn't she play in that? Yes. Which also was turned into a stage production, which is amazing. Mm. Take your word for it. Oh, my Uh, God. I know I I still got to see Victor Victoria. You were the one that mentioned that. Oh my god, that has the best line ever. There's nothing more inconvenient than an old queen with a head cold. (laughs) (laughs) So... Stefan, what's our first movie we're talking about today? So the uh, 82 version of Annie, the first one. um, A little bit of background. So it was a major bidding war to obtain the rights for this movie. From the musical between Columbia and Paramount and Columbia won. It bought the rights for nine and a half million dollars, which was a record at the time. Wow. To buy the rights for anything. So this was a really big deal. Um, And 
John Houston was the director who a lot of people said was an unusual choice. He's known for a lot of kind of like more epic type films. I mean, I, I would, I would say that this is a big production. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really remember ever seeing this movie for the first time. I, I always grew up on it. We had it on VHS. Same here. Yeah. Watched it all the time. Um, I don't really feel like I need to summarize the movie. I mean, it's it's pretty well known if you haven't seen Aunt Annie, you know, see I, it. I think maybe we should summarize it since this was the first theatrical release and then you know we don't really have to summarize it later because it's the would same you like story me to try? over and over again <laughs> that would be wonderful go for it billy annie is about a super optimistic orphan who strikes a chord within everybody and just brightens up everywhere she goes she's dirt poor and of course she gets paired with the richest man in the united states and then, of course, people try to kidnap her, steal money, blah, blah, blah. Lots of cheesy music, some cute dancing. And then, poof, she's at the end and she's happily adopted by the old rich man who is wearing the worst bald cap in the world. Oh. And Actually, we're not his e- head was shaved. Was it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, for, we'll check no, off it was, on. I think it was Victor Garber. I think yeah. he wore that. I was going to say, we're going to check off on that. I'm like, oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) We will will chat about it. Yes. Uh, So, you know, for me, uh, so we open, you know, with New York City. And I guess this movie, so this, um, the 82 version took some liberties from the Broadway musical, the, uh, the 99 version is a much more faithful adaptation. It's my understanding. And that's correct, Billy. That is correct. Am I right about that? Yep. That's what I've read. I've never seen the Broadway musical. So you're not missing a damn thing. (laughs) Except an $80 nap. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. Um, So we open up, I guess in this one, it's 1936. New York. I don't know why they changed it from 36 to 33. Well, there there is one reason, which we'll get to, maybe. Probably um, closer to the Depression. Well, the Depression started in 1929 with the, yep. with the stock crash. Yeah, and, but they wouldn't have had as much time to rebuild if they set it in 33 compared to 36. Well, this is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they um, can get away with, you know, New York looking trashy and dirty kids and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, so I mean that's I, it, New it, York of the eighties. I mean, <laughs> I was, I've been there. I miss those. I miss, the, I miss that New York. But yeah. I, how old are you, Billy? I'm somewhere between forty and death. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all somewhere between our age and death. I mean, that yeah. can happen at any time, as we've learned from Final Destination. Thank you. I am 197. Yeah. Oh, wow. You look great for your age. <laughs> I know. It's bone structure. My whole body hangs off these cheekbones. Yes. <laughs> so, um, was it just me, or did the opening shots of New York City look way too modern? I've always thought that, even as a kid. The, the night shots. 
Um, yes. Yeah, the, the I, building. I, I don't know if that was a goof. I've always thought that about this movie. Well, I, guess I, wanna, I wasn't paying that much attention. Okay. I, I, I want to say that back then that the that the lights, a lot of them still would have been gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, street lights would have been electric, but... I'm like, I think I saw a Comcast truck. <laughs> it kind of felt like that for a minute, you know. Um, so we opened with Annie, played by uh, Aileen Quinn, not Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Can't I know you can't do that joke. So it, this is not my favorite adult joke. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, Annie is. An orphan in an orphanage, and uh, she has a locket, which we'll get you know check off on that. Uh, a broken locket that's and supposedly her parents have the other half, and they're going to come back for her, or so she thinks. And you know the she's in an orphanage with a bunch, and she she is the okay, so she is the only redhead. In the whole group, which I mean, it's realistic in, you know, New York yes. City. It's it's very, you know, ethnic Italian. So, you know, a lot of dark, dark hair. So that's understandable. I mean, and uh, I always find it odd that, Aunt, you know, Annie had the red coat. Like we, I mean, I know we needed to distinguish her, but just how oh, she like had the that. the sweater? The sweater, yes. Okay. Yes, because she didn't have it in the uh, the um, ninety nine version. Uh, no, yeah, which they, I mean, it's like it's put her in red eventually. Yeah, I th- I think Annie's red hair was enough of a distinguishing feature that they didn't need it, you know. It, but whatever. Um, um, I think they specifically had her wear it like during the uh, because the orphanage scenes where they're cleaning, there were so many girls that even with her red hair, she could have gotten lost very easily. But with her wearing the red sweater, she's really easy to pick out. Well, I just want to point out that, that I thought that it was quite groundbreaking and very visionary for her to be wearing in 1982 Isaac Mizrahi's 2020-21 Milkmaid line. <laughs> available in Target. I, I thought they went past Cottagecore and went to, oh gosh, what was the next one they went to? I don't even get why people are doing Cottagecore right now. It's ridiculous. Like, this is not Little House on the Prairie. But, you should have um, seen, you should have seen like, the vapid. Just to coveralls. It was, it's weird. You should have, you should have seen the vapid, insipid little thing that I saw waltzing into the Targere, um today in a really skankily cut um, gingham dress. And I was like, oh, wow, it's a slutty mini pearl. Yes! Work <laughs> it, work! That, that would be something to see. It's kind of like a sweet and spicy number, or trying to be. What Did she have pigtails, I guess, is the question. No, but she did no? have hair that looks like it's been tugged on quite a bit. Um, I will mm. let you make your own... Your own um, <laughs> decide what you want to make with that mm-hmm. yeah so uh we meet then 
one of the the standouts of this movie. I think the standout, Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan, <laughs> and this this I mean I, I know she's had a huge career. Oh, this yeah. is the role I will most remember her for. Me she too. She was perfect. It was perfect casting as far as I'm concerned. And uh, by the way, uh, Bette Midler was the original choice, but she turned it down. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I have to cut in here. Um, so like you, Stefan, I grew up watching this movie. I can't mm-hmm. even remember the first time I saw it either. Um, and I... I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. Um, it it turned toxic as I got older. Um, but this movie is one of the happy memories I have with my mom. But Miss Hannigan was my mother's favorite. And uh, mm-hmm. watching this as an adult now, I really... <laughs> I was really she channeling her inner Hannigan? <laughs> she was channeling um, her inner Hannigan. She channeled... She t- channeled her inner Hannigan often. So yeah. yeah. I think um I will say Carol Burnett plays in this in Mrs. Hannigan in this one. Um this is the only one where her character was explicitly a lush. Yes. Where she was supposed to be drunk a lot of the time. Like the, the Kathy Bates and Cameron Diaz uh I, I don't think ever were like implied that they were drunk, but uh, um, no. Um, actually, since we're talking about Carol Burnett, Billy, did you want to say anything? Other than she got her big break in Once Upon a Mattress playing Princess Winifred. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's what got her started. That got her eventually her the Carol Burnett show, and I absolutely love that she took the role of Miss Hannigan and spun it off into a character on um, the on the Carol Burnett show that then became an offshoot show Mama's Family because I her Miss Hannigan Miss Hannigan is very much early Eunice or late yes. Eunice. I I see yes. I see her it's like yeah after Ed the dumb cluck has died uh. and she is a left with her shambles of a career acting where she's yeah. getting all of her gibble gabble removed and then she socks and and takes down everybody at the pepper pot playhouse that <laughs> i never put this together but this makes sense oh my god i love I... it I love Mama's family so much <laughs> oh my god i like I... she's like Peggy secretary <laughs> I just, oh my word like that that's one of my guilty pleasure shows and it it makes me sad that i can't find it on reruns anywhere it's on and logo television is it it is <gasps> oh not only that but i own all of them on the dividends Okay, do you own the quote-unquote complete collection, or do you actually own all of them? I have the big box set that has the uh-huh. original two seasons that have the, the stuff that they cut out when they started syndicating it, where you had um, the guy who played um, Ed giving a... In, uh, before each episode an insight into what was going on in the Harper family. 
<laughs> I mean, oh my god, oh. I could talk about I could talk about Mama's family all night. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, when I she when she threw her night. back out, when she threw her back out, and Naomi Oates covered her up with the TV trays, and she's sitting there going, "Hey, and someone out there walking their dog." I know you got to be out there. I find your little presents on my lawn every morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Real quick. We got to talk about how hot was Bubba. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Not only would I have sex with him, I would enjoy it. Right? I Wait. would have had sex with him in front of my grandmother. May you rest in peace, Grandma. Oh, I mean. He was unfairly hot. Like. Oh, yeah. But. Dumb as a box of hair. I I find I go for some of those guys on TV, like Jason on True Blood. Like, oh my yeah, god. Those are the kinds of people that you that you I'm gonna say it. Those are the kinds of people that you fuck and then listen to NPR afterwards. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking up his character now. Yeah, I get Jason Stackhouse vibes just by looking at him. So yeah. me, me and my not quite sure by ass had had a problem between Bubba and then was it his sister that stayed there too? The the girl? Uh, you're talking about um it was Vince's daughter from his first marriage to Mitzi. Okay. Yeah, because she was really cute too and she was spunky. <laughs> I personally liked in in season three when Bonita Rokiki showed up, <laughs> who will forever be known as the Keek. Yeah, and the Keek went on to voice Lisa Simpson. Oh wow! Interesting. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Um, no, Look. I I remember uh, Betty White being on. Yes. Oh my oh God. My and gosh. she and she was after her and Brucey broke up. Of course, she did have a brand new Cadillac. Yeah. And she started stupping Mayor Tutwilla. <laughs> you know, there's a story there. Yes. Um, but her her departure, her death on the show. I remember that she and Mama went to uh like fish dinner and she got a fish bowl. No, that was Rue McClanahan's character. Oh, shit. That was, yeah, that was her sister, Fran. They went uh... to the bigger jigger, and <laughs> she got a little piece. She got a, a, a chicken bone, I remember. No, it was a toothpick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you all. It was a toothpick stuck I, in her throat. I could have sworn it was a fish bone. No, it was I, I a toothpick. Think. It was a toothpick. And Mama came in with the tail of the catfish stuck between oh, her two front teeth and great. said, be, be thankful you didn't order the fish, Franny. And she <laughs> and she swallowed yes. the, the, the toothpick and died. And everybody yep. was embarrassed and they would just say she died of natural causes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, my gosh. We, we're going to have to talk about this later, Billy. See, I, I, I know Oh, my word. I think this I made great. you friend. Autism. <laughs> you know stuff. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, but no, you you had uh, Carol Burnett as your that actor. So that's what I was bringing up. And uh, we talked about her career a little bit. 
she is just she is everything everything i mean i was living for carol burnett miss hannigan if i was heterosexual i would have been like i will take you out Move i will crawl into the bathtub filled with gin with ah. you yeah. Yes. Oh my. Oh my. Mm. The slinky outfits and oh my. Oh. I just love. I love her intro when she walks in. Just like. Just like. Like. I don't know how to describe her any other way as like that other than floozy. I. I have. She wears to give, it so well. I have to give props to the music department, and they. Oh made, yeah. Like very swanky music whenever she came through and it was so perfect and so right good. yeah it's it, it was just like i mean people a lot of people criticize this film we'll check off on that for later but you got to admit carol burnett was just perfect oh, say what yes. you want about this movie she she really carried the film Yes. I mean, yes. I didn't give, I'm sorry, I didn't give a flying flaha about Annie. I'm like, <laughs> get rid of that bitch. Give me more Miss Hannigan. Where, I mean, they did that shit with Wicked. I'm sorry, fuck Alphaba. I want to I wanna get the whole story of Miss Hannigan. I want to know what brought her to her lowly state. And then when she was able to get her redemption at the end, and ride in on the elephant when she all of a sudden yes. I guess she was stupping Punjab. <laughs> oh my god, I never kept, oh that that's some some slash fan turban. fiction right there. Oh yeah. In his I love it. I love it. Um so just some highlights for Mrs. Hannigan. My sister and I love the just how she would mimic people, especially she had to go bathroom. I can't even do she it. She had to go bathroom. <laughs> she had to go bathroom. She had to go bathroom. <laughs> I can watch that on loop like 50 times. It will always make me laugh. Yeah. Just always. Um, uh, I like and... oh, no, <laughs> I, I loved her because not only did she play like, the floozy that she knew she was not on a scale of one to ten she was at best like a 3.6 <laughs> ouch okay let's, she, let's be real but she, but she, she was she but was she, the block's bicycle okay oh town bike everyone took a ride no, no the block <laughs> bicycle like that kept her busy enough <laughs> like she hit on Mr. Bundles and she hit on the police officer and oh my word. And why why in this one in this one Mr. Bundles didn't seem interested, but in the other two he was or the, the character the equivalent of Mr. Bundles in the twenty fourteen uh, was interested one, in her. He he acted interested when he realized the girls needed a distraction. Right, right, I mean, but he wasn't genuinely interested. Because I mean, he was a homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, he, was a, so, he was a portly love muffin who just wanted a roll in the hay with Albert Finney. <laughs> just trying to get and through, Poon you know, Chab, New York City and, and the Depression. And Poonchap, or maybe, or maybe he was really progressive and he wanted a three-way with Poonchap in the asp. 
<laughs> we will check off on them a little later. Yes. So, uh, we get to now, in my opinion, the highlight of the movie is the Hard Knock Life musical number. This is, uh, I just think this... Uh, this this version they do it so well the choreography is amazing um you know a common criticism of this movie that that was that it felt stage bound which yeah you know if, if that's what it means it worked in this scene um i just think you know everybody was pretty on point uh not just annie but all the other girls and one of them who I guess she wasn't named, not a not a character, but well, I've read her name was Hannah, the character, but she didn't have Hannah. any lines. She was a, a dancer. Uh, uh, the actress's name is Shawnee Smith. She is my that actor for this movie. This was her film debut. Uh, she has been in a lot of uh, TV and movies. She was on a show called uh, Becker. In oh, the yep. late 90s, early with 2000s. With, yeah, with Ted Danson. Yep. Uh, and she was in the original Stand uh, miniseries. And uh, horror fans, or at least, you know, 2000s horror fans will know yes. her as Amanda from the Sauce Woo-hoo! movies. Yep. Uh, yep, Amanda. So. Yep. And yep. she. She did a lot. She was in like what five of those? I think so. She. Yeah. I almost remember her more than Tobin Bell in those movies. Yeah. Honestly, and I do want to say this about the whole stage bound thing. Yes. All right, I'm gonna have a come to whoever you pray to moment. It's a musical, where, in reality. Do you see people just walking down the street and it's like, what would you like? I'd like some gin. I want some juice. No, that and then they don't break into dance. I mean, I know they, they did the flash mob thingies, but all of that was was pre-planned. Those things are pre-planned. So I mean I mean I mean I do that, but well, I mean <laughs> I do too, but I have papers. So <laughs> And on top of it, I'm professionally trained. So when people start to have a fit, I'm like, shut up. You're getting $60,000 worth of of training here. Enjoy the free music. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, Annie, as we said, (laughs) escapes in the... Um, she hides okay, in the, the laundry hamper. No, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking back to this. There's a joke <laughs> there. I'm sure. No, just the <laughs> um, the Mrs. Hannigan. What are y'all just standing around here for? <laughs> kill, 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 kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so Annie uh is free for a little bit and we meet uh sandy who becomes her dog and i love i love how she just decks those bullies so hard yeah like that was a hard punch those were hard punches okay but seriously who ties cans to a dog's tail uh yeah they they had that coming 
Yeah, they did. They had that coming. Uh, clearly, I, had clearly you've not seen Sweet Home Alabama. No, when I they, have not. When they strapped. You've never seen Sweet Home they Alabama? They strapped no. dynamite on a, on a cat that was scheduled to be euthanized. Oh. And they, they strapped it on and lit it in a long fuse. And they said goodbye. But then the cat was seen wandering into town and when the fuse hit hit the tip of his tail he went shooting off like a firecracker and wiggled free of the dynamite and the dynamite blew up part of the bank good There's i don't right. remember that i've haven't seen that movie in a long time i don't remember that part if you can my, believe that uh, one of my former roommates it was his favorite movie but every time we had movie night he never like brought it up i'm like all right then Oh, that blows. That's that's a good movie. It's I, I really liked it. I enjoy um, it. So we I've get here then. Movies. I mean, it's 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 but, yeah, it's a rom com. Can, can we, can we talk about? Is. Can we talk about the elephant in the room? Why do we even have Sandy in the movie at all? Companionship. He, but he doesn't. He doesn't add anything. Especially uh, in the almost my MVP. Thank you. He's like a filler queen. Mm. Uh, nope he he has a very special part, and we will check off on it. I especially thought so. I thought bring, about you, that in the. That's uh, fine, but you better bring some receipts. Bring some receipts. This bitch needs receipts. We're gonna <laughs> check off on that for the '99 version because yes. I, I comment on that how how Sandy is like absent for such a. I literally wrote in my notes for that version. Um. Where the hell is Sandy? Because in oh, the stage, we, we in the stage production, yes, Sandy yeah. for the ninety-nine. In, in the stage mm-hmm. production, yeah, he's in there for for moments. That's really it, right? And in this, so in this one, um, because Sandy has a bigger role, the songs <laughs> "Dumb Dog" and "Sandy" were original songs for this movie and not for the Broadway musical, along huh. with "We Got Annie." Yep, and, and uh, let's, let's go, go to the, the movies. movies, but we'll we'll get to we'll check off on those for later. So, so I um, found uh, I found it was great that in watching this with my partner, and I have not seen this for a good at least ten years. I was able to remember and sing almost the entire soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I was very proud. Don't don't you love that when like awesome. it comes back to you? Yes. I love that. Like a song you haven't heard in years just comes back to you when you hear it. It's such a great feeling. Like a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> so, uh, so then we meet uh, Grace. Well, I'm a blank on Grace's last name. Feral. Feral. That's right. Um, uh, because she was a feral cat. <laughs> hey, the center for New York orphans. Daddy Warbucks, okay. Mm-hmm. She dr- she drives up, you know, in a fancy car in, you know, the slums, and everyone's like, oh, what, oh, oh, you know, like, who is this? Yeah, wasn't um, she in the Studebaker? Yes. <laughs> and, um... Was uh, it a Studebaker, or was it a, was it a Rolls Royce? I thought it was, oh, it was a Royce, I thought. Yeah, I mean, Studebaker yeah. is so... That's so low rent. He's he's got a Studebaker, a Duesenberg, and a Royce. Like he's rich. So. She would have been in. She would have been in the Royce, mm-hmm. or the okay. Duesenberg, or the Duesenberg. And <laughs> Billy, like why don't you? 
why don't you mention uh, the actress that uh, played Grace Farrell? Anne Ranking. Mm-hmm. Anne Ranking, who is a legend on Broadway. I yes. mean, ah, and and of all of the hack dancing going on in the movie, she was impeccable. Oh my goodness, I I was loving her her lines. She got a toot toot beep beep from this girl. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, she sadly uh, passed away last December. Oh. Yeah, I ju- I just learned that the other day. I didn't know she died. Mm. You know yeah. how she died? She was with Liza Minnelli trying to turn off that lamp. And she did a fossy neck and, and <laughs> a vertebra slipped and there she went. <laughs> uh, and she went out with all that jazz. I'm a little lost. She actually died in her sleep while visiting her family in Seattle. So, well, at least she was surrounded by people she loved. Exactly. R.I.P. My, my version is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and, love and j- another. Oh, sorry, I was say, Jess. You have to. You have to. To to do a Google, um, on the on the tubes of you, um, Liza Minnelli turns off a lamp. Oh, All she's righty. like, I gotta turn off this lamp. We'll place that in the notes. Well, no, okay. Let's do. All righty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we then, uh, you know, we get this. So, she is the secretary to the Oliver Warbucks, uh, the richest man in the U.S. Or was it the world? Uh, the world, apparently. But Oliver Warbucks, the millionaire? No, Oliver, Oliver Warbucks, Warbucks, the Billionaire. Mary, mother of God. <laughs> um, I love another great Mrs. Hannigan scene. Just how she, just how she switches emotions, where she's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't see you. I she didn't run out, but I saw red. She didn't." Yeah. It's like you peddling beauty products, sweetie. I don't need no beauty products. And then just shock, like Oliver Warbucks. <laughs> Just uh, just the, the, the switch on and time off of emotion. to be out of work. Mm-hmm. I love this part where um, when Mrs. Hannigan walks back to her chair and just falls down. <laughs> I feel like Carol Burnett, like it, like like she. It feels like something she insisted to do with the character. She probably did it and didn't tell anybody. I want to could know. be. I want to know. Did she do Mrs. Hannigan method acting? Because I swear to holy God, in that entire movie, I don't think that that woman ever crawled out from under her drunken stupor. <laughs> I mean, I think she was. I think she was three sheets in the wind as she was swaying up like a like a Febreze flag on top of that elephant. <laughs> I mean, she was, she was, she was lit. I, I I would agree with that, which makes it even funnier when she accuses Annie of being a drunk. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, like, pot calling kettle black. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alcohol listed her as a dependent on its taxes. (laughs) So 
Annie gets to go uh, spend a week with Oliver In the lap of luxury. Lap of, yeah, and ooh, is this uh, place nice. So the Oliver Warbucks mansion was, the Oliver Warbucks mansion was filmed, was filmed, was filmed at Monmouth University in New Jersey. At least the exterior shots. And funny enough, Aileen Quinn uh, would eventually be a a teacher at that college or university. Huh. Yep. So she would end up teaching there. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so she arrives and we get the big, and this, this part always made me sad. Well, I mean, especially as an adult is when she arrives and they're like, well, how about, how about we take your coat? Will I get it back? And they're just like, oh, of course, hunt, you know, of course. And it's like, that's legit for a concern for an orphan. Yeah. You know, and they're like, what would you want to do? What do you want to do first, Danny? Oh, the windows. And then the then floors. The floors. That, that way, way if I drip. If I drip. Which, by the way, that is smart cleaning right there. Start up, work your way down. Well, yeah, she, you know, she and the girls have been cleaning for so long. You learn as you go. Uh, and she had I to make that dump shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Right. Hey. And I never realized till years later that Mrs. Hannigan was running like a sweatshop basically yeah. in there, which is kind of, which makes it really unsettling. Um, well, who who is going to clean? You talk know, about 12 years a slave. Right. Well, there was also like, you know, they were, they were sewing in there and whatnot. Yep. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. Of course uh, they got to make a living somewhere. It's the depression. No, true. I mean, it, it's true. It all it all goes back, and uh, so then we, you know, have the my other favorite musical number. I think I'm gonna like it here. Uh, and again, a sluggish and stage bound adaptation. I don't think so. This musical number is elaborate and opulent. Yeah, um, it it what? feels it feels huge. One thing I uh, I mentioned to my partner while watching this, you know, it looks like to get a job with Daddy Warbucks, you have to be a professional dancer. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, like well, your your cleaning your cleaning can be subpar, but you have to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, I I personally think that the what was the genius of that of that production number was they did a better job of showing all of the mansion than Zillow does. <laughs> Zillow, true. if you're listening, take note. Take more pictures. No, they need a production number. <laughs> <laughs> and That's how I sold my house so fast. <laughs> Another great... Um, there was an early Family Guy episode where they did a really good uh, parody of this musical number. I think we're going to start a drinking game, Stefan. Every time you bring up Family Guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty on point though. It's a it's a good a good parody. Um, so so then uh, we meet the staff, and I want to point out Mrs. Pugh. This actress, uh, the the actress that played Mrs. Pugh, her name her name was Lou Leonard. Uh, she was the 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 cook, or uh, uh, whatever at the the house, and she played 
Jess, I know you don't like this show on Married with Children in probably one did, of the most. Did you hear the eye roll? <laughs> I kind of. I heard a <laughs> clunk. Um, the oh. defense breasts. The defense <laughs> breasts. <laughs> Can you believe they wrote that song in the elevator coming up? The, the mind, mind wobbles. wobbles. What one did and, I watch Jess, today? It's oh. wheat germ, daddy. Wheat germ. <laughs> the, um, the one where they're trying to lift the jukebox up to the the uh, room, and then Bud's like, "Now throw the throw it up," and Kelly's like, "The jukebox? No, the rope, you mudflap." <laughs> Anyways, so um, the actress played uh, Al Bundy's librarian from when he was a kid. <laughs> so he checked out the book, "The Little Engine That Could," and never returned it. <laughs> So he finds it years later and goes back and she's still working there and he owes the library like twenty two hundred dollars. And he tries to like plant it back in the library, like tricking her. But there were security cameras. (laughs) So then he's like shamed. It's great. It's it's a pretty, pretty funny episode, pretty well-known episode. But that that's the other role I remember her from. Uh, um, so actually I, I noticed something with Mrs. Pugh is that she was not a professional dancer. No, no. She was a piano player. Mm-hmm. So like when, when you needed some extra piano notes, she, she had your back. Like that's mm-hmm. how she got her job. She, but, she talked her way from not being a dancer. Yeah, but she did. She did <laughs> turn around by the table magnificently. Yes. Yes, she did very well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, we meet uh, Oliver Warbucks, a.k.a. Daddy Warbucks. And he he's not happy to see Annie. He's really, you know, kind of cranky and, you know, cantankerous, I guess you could say. Uh, yes, played by the late, great Albert Finney. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah. Big Fish. Mm-hmm. That that's uh, Chris, our co-host. That's one of his favorite movies. Aaron Brockovich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron Brockovich, uh, and a lot, lot of other movies and roles. Uh, so we meet Ugh, his uh, two of his staff slash bodyguards are Punjab and Asp. The and asp. the not the asp. The, asp. the asp. The asp. Sorry, <laughs> and they are. They the were not in the colored movie. folk in the movie. Yeah, and you know, pretty like caricature too. Um, yeah. You know, it was it Don't was take racist character characters of three hundred Alex. Right. Um, and you mean Grace's they were backup not dancers. What? I said you mean Grace's backup dancers. Yeah, I, I like and I liked the 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 um the gardener. Yeah. Who did? Who, yeah. Who, who, oh, and and the way he flew around and then crawled up. Oh. He had a nice ass. Yeah. Oh my God. Any he any did. hot any hot dancer that wants to do that for me, um, my address will be in the link. <laughs> I, my I phone mean, number dancers. is five 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 easy. <laughs> I mean, being dancers, most of them had great asses, but the yes. garden, the gardener. Oh my god, you could crack a walnut with his. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, 
But yeah, so uh, Punjab and the Asp uh, were actually not in the musical, but they were in the comics. Oh, really? So that's kind of, yeah, difference there. So uh, Annie is, you know, settled in or getting settled in and kind of, so then we cut back to uh, Mrs. Hannigan in another memorable number, the the little girls. That was my see, mom's favorite number see, in the I, movie. I, my, I think that that is the pinnacle of the entire musical because it sums it sums up the whole movie perfectly, and it sums up children in general. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I turn, I can see them. <laughs> Um, now, I don't know if, you know, she could attribute that to just living with them and them driving her to madness, or if it was the hallucinations from the alcoholism. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, after this number here, uh, we meet her brother, Rooster. And yes. uh, his wife slash girlfriend, Lily St. James, who... No, okay. Regis. Lily St. Regis. Lily St. Regis, yeah. sorry. And Someone Lily St. Regis and Philbin. <laughs> Regis Philbin. As much as I love Tim Curry, I kind of feel like... And I guess maybe it's the musical, the story in general. I kind of feel like at this point is where it kind of like... kind of starts to slow to a halt a little bit. Are you kidding like this, oh my gosh, this was my, uh, no, Easy Street is my favorite number. Like, oh my gosh. Um, but okay. I, I was so glad to see Tim Curry. Like, when people ask, like, where do you know Tim Curry from, like, the first, this is it. Like, <laughs> he mm-hmm. was for sure. Which actually is really funny, because uh, this is the second time that he beat out Mick Jagger for a role in a movie. <laughs> oh my the, god. The thing that I thought that was absolutely balls out crazy about his performance was it was it was such a foreshadow to his performance as Pennywise, the clown that fucking freaks me out. <laughs> she because listen to me, she. Um he even from the beginning, you can tell that there's there's such a, a sinister character behind his eyes and his his cockadoodle dueling, and it, and he totally shows it towards the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I for mean, sure. And he and he and which was which is something that I thought was what made the eighty two version better than the others, just because I felt like you could when he as he moved to where. He finally ended up in the film. It was, mm-hmm. it was, you could see the through line. It wasn't, hi, it was how are you? I'm going to kill you, you fucking bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like on this page, you're happy. On this next page, you're a raving psycho. Um, I can see so that. I read in the IMDb trivia um, that. He put in like the goddamn in get back here, you goddamn kid. Yes. Like one other line to make to help like make it PG mm-hmm. instead of a G rated movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, as if the whole, like, climax, you know, isn't, you know, it's... Scary enough? Yes, right. <laughs> my, only exactly. my, only, my only regret is that he didn't drop her. <laughs> it was I was waiting for I was waiting for my little house on the prairie moment when Laura Ingalls pushes that bitch Nelly down the hill in that wheelchair. I'm like, push that bitch. It's like you're such a good friend, Nelly. I just that could be the alternate get, ending. I just wanted her to get dropped. <laughs> and then so, goes and gets another. He gets the boy that he wanted to begin with. <laughs> Because yeah. he was a homosexual. Are you sure you wanted to be on this episode, Billy? Uh, I don't know. I don't think you love Annie as much as I was led to believe here. I love it like a cold sore. Mm. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was more so that he had musical theater experience and, you know, did the production of Annie. Yeah, it's I, I will tell you this, Jess. It's it's one thing to watch a movie five or six hundred times, and it's another thing to spend four months, five days a week for four hours hearing little girls tomorrow, a hard knock life, maybe NYC, oh, honey, which you was did that the, to yourself. See, you I probably got, sang little girls when you were in bed at after rehearsals. <laughs> well, I was I really enjoyed because I because I choreographed. Um, I was the musical director, and my mother actually did the choreography, but she was struggling with Easy Street, and I choreographed it. And that's, and I that's a tough one. Well, I was like, no, I'm sorry. You need to look and act a whole lot sluttier. And I got up there and I was popping my hip and I was like, when I had a hip to pop. Or Lily. And yeah. And I and okay. oh my goodness, I had some really kick ass moves. And then I added some stuff into um um oh god, what was that? The hard knock life. I will tell you this. My favorite song from the movie or from the show was NYC that was cut from from the yep. from most of it. So the the girl who shall remain nameless mainly because I can't remember who she was. I do remember <laughs> I do remember she was a she she was an incredible dancer for a middle school student. She danced really well and she was very sweet. But her voice was like this. And and I didn't I didn't pick her. I was handed the cast and I'm like, yeah. This young girl can't sing. You you can't hear her. <clears throat> and after after 3 months of trying to teach her how to actually release the voice so that it can be heard. I've never, and I'm here to tell you right now, parents, when your children are like, I'm saying like this, I'm like, uh-uh. No, if they can shout and scream and yell, they can sing just as loud. And, I mean, but did, she... did you try stomping on her foot to make her scream? <laughs> no. That seemed to no, work really but, well. No, but but this is what we did. I was like, all right, so we're going to have some mics on the stage, like, out in front. And I was like, my mother was like, how are we going to deal with this? I was like, bring the bitch in on stage, right? She's got her suitcase. She sits the suitcase down in front of the mic. Sit down on the suitcase. Her face was right in front of the damn microphone. She said, NYC. And then 
there's the dance break. We said, you've got this entire dance break. You've got to get to the other side of the stage. Do what you want. And she came up with this incredible tap routine. As she tap danced and she got to the other side of the stage, she got to stage left where the other mic was. She set that same damn suitcase down, plopped her ass on it right in front of the mic. NYC. <laughs> and that's how I did that shit. Tony <laughs> Award, I'll take it. Thank you. That sounds great. <laughs> Insert tongue pop. <laughs> so, so then Tim we <laughs> we uh, we get the so this line where the this this scene felt a little cartoony when the the Bolshevik had the the bomb and tried to blow up. Warbucks, and the fact that he never he never batted an eyelash. I know. I mean, well, it's happened a lot, clearly. And okay, I need to interject. Okay, yes. that is where Sandy came in handy. That's one of the spots. You know, they wouldn't have had any idea until the bomb was already in his office and half blown up. If Sandy wasn't there barking that there was some guy outside. That's legit. You know, uh-huh. you know what's another I still good think you're grasping that... at straws. Uh, no. Have you ever owned a dog? <laughs> yes. My parents' have... dogs. Oh, yeah. they. I have no, a little I'm red to toy Billy. poodle. No, I have I a little red toy poodle named Trisket, and she is a total Karen. <laughs> she will okay. curse your Trisket ass up aside. and down the walls. Trisket aside, usually if there's somebody outside that your dog doesn't know, they pick up on it and bark. Well, yep. yes, and she does that really well. She is she is quite the alert system. She's our okay. early warning system. But I still just am like that. That scene was put in because they're like, we've got this damn dog. We need to make make him her relevant here. Just I'm with no, I'm with that, Stefan. That that that, that was, was a filler scene. It was a filler scene. That scene was put in to show that. Uh, Daddy Warbucks was not liked by everybody. No, and he I had a like... shitty attitude. They didn't have to add that. He scowled through most of the movie. Well, well, although it has my favorite lines: "Buy copper, buy copper, buy copper, more copper, more copper, more copper." <laughs> and I didn't like how Grace was like, you know, the the Bolsheviks hate him because his wealth is, you know, proof that America is working. In the middle of the Great Depression, like really, that's you know, I mean, fast forward to 2021 where we had billionaires going up into space, space. yeah, and like and riding in a gigantic dildo. <laughs> Jeff Bezos flew into space in a gigantic cock. Like you can't write this. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, it's... I'm like, it, I mean, pigs in space had nothing on this. So I thought Rooster came back after the Bolshevik situation. He does. Yeah. No, yeah. Not initially, oh. not like later on for uh, Easy Street. But I thought they came in after the Bolshevik situation. No, I thought it was right after the. I think I'm going to like it here. Mm. Or after Annie, I mean, gets settled in. Because then then at this part, they do Let's Go to the Movies. Yes. I remember yeah. that part. 
Let's go to I, the movies. I love that. Um, that's actually, Stefan, when you uh, bought out the theater as my holiday present. Okay. That's like what I had in mind from I, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, and I quote, buying out an entire showtime equals the height of entitlement. And then I realized I just did that for Jess's gift, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, that was already a blocked off optional showtime. We weren't, you know, taking it from people that had already bought it. So, you know, we're not, yeah, we're we're not being, you know, total douche cabooses or whatever the term is. Canoe, canoe, canoe. Thank you. Thank you. You did it because I have, you know, health issues and... Mm -hmm. Being cooped up in the house for a year, the four of us, it it was difficult at times. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sh- I should have kept a journal, you know. Th- I mean, as you know, as good as there is for <laughs> Facebook, I think I, I would occasionally write like on on day day forty five of stay at home. My roommate and her friend are zooming and talking about how their oh, techniques yeah. for fla- flashing their husbands or something <laughs> like that, their partners. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. I just my... got a lot of stuff from, from, from Amazon. I wasn't, yeah. I, I, I live a sheltered life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very innocent and pure. Sure. Yeah. And um, so this whole scene at the movies, my sister and I would always find it funny. I mean, you know, as little kids, just how, you know, the movie is like three minutes long and it's a real movie. It's called Camille with Greta Garbo. Yeah. And, and we just always, you know, find it like, Oh, she's introduced and then she dies at the end. And it's like, okay. Like just, you know, little kids, we didn't get that, you know, and it's Uh, just, Yeah. So, so I have to tell you all, one of my favorite things to do is to go with a friend to a museum and to, to each take turns with the artwork that's on the wall and try to imagine what was going through that, that um, person's mind as they were being painted. And I and and the same at the end of Camille, when when poor Grace is crying, I'm she's thinking I think she's thinking I can't believe she died. And then they get to Daddy Warbucks, and he's thinking I can't believe I fucking bought out this entire theater for this. <laughs> and then Annie was asleep, and it's Annie like, was like, "This bitch like, bored me to death." Honey, they did the yeah. I mean, she was probably bored, and I mean, it's like you know, little kids get tired late kids at night. Do that. Yeah, I know, like, I know. It's although like, I will say, I, I, so one of my favorite movies is Gone with the Wind, and um, before it was officially released, they took, uh, they took the film. It did not have the the soundtrack in it that's in the movie now they used the soundtrack from i think it was the prisoner of zanzibar or something like that and um they took it out into the middle of nowhere and they were supposed to be showing a movie called Bojest. and they all got in there and the owner of the movie house 
got up on the stage and said, ladies and gentlemen, instead of seeing Bojess tonight, we have a special preview for you all. The movie is kind of long, so if you want to go take a moment and call home and let let people know that you're not going to be home for a while, please do so. And this child who was there, who saw Gone with the Wind for the very first time, and it's it's an incredibly lengthy movie. I mean, it has an actual intermission. Mm-hmm. And when he and and he's telling the story about seeing it this way, and he said when when the movie ended and everyone just erupted into applause, he said, "I turned to my mom and said, now do we get to see Bojest?" <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yeah. So after the movie, uh, Grace decides, you know, she wants to keep Annie and, uh, you know, adopt, adopt her essentially. And okay. This whole thing here and the exchange with her, her and Warbucks and we see, you know, the romance start to build. And when he, he calls, he says her teeth are crooked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where? Right. I know. I'm like, excuse me. And this is, you know, before the days of braces, sweetie. I think so. I think it was to show that he's like actually looking at her and noticing her instead of, you know, just treating her as like a phonograph or a dicta bird or whatever you want to call it. A gramophone, um, whatever old gram- device. Yeah. Gramophone they had, yeah. and dictograph. <laughs> Yeah, well, in the Flintstones, it was a dick to bird, okay? Yeah. Um, (laughs) It was just a bird that was a dick. Gotcha. And it really was, yeah. Yeah. But but it's a living. At the end of that movie. It's a living. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get to... It was to uh, show that he's paying attention and, like, noticing. Legit. Legit. And then we get to uh, We Got Annie... Which is another original song, not in the musical, made for the movie. Okay, I love the dancing in this one. I, I do too. I really liked it. It's maybe the a little more simplified. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, the, yeah, the choreography in this movie is wonderful, like I said. it's And uh, I, so... I think I, I really love, like, Grace's dance scenes. I don't know why. I think they were a little more imaginative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just well, I like her dance. Choreographed. I'm curious who choreographed the 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 show. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. Oh my I'll god! Look it up now. Yeah, th- yeah. Pl- I mean, come on. That's I mean, important stuff. All right, hold on. The, there's yes. the director. There's the writers. There's Cast all of the the people. Writing credits. Music. Sin- Filming and production Direction. company credits. Makeup, production, art, sound, visual, lots of stunt people, casting, the music department. Oh, God, yeah, I'm on on Wikipedia. Oh, I'm on Wikipedia. They don't list cinematographer. They don't list choreographer. Sound, special effects, stunts, cameras. Casting, costume, editorial, location, script, transportation, additional crew. Uh, do, 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 
Wow, they even have craft service on here. Peter Gennaro. Okay. Well, good work, Peter Gennaro. Yeah, Peter did fantastic. Yes. Yes. And so, uh, how sad is it? I had to actually type into the Googleies who choreographed mm. Annie 1982. That, <laughs> that is very sad because, with how much dancing was in this movie, they should be freaking up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he died in 2020 at oh. the age of 80. Mm. Well, at least he had a long life. He is mm-hmm. cat dancing for the heavens now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Right. And so, so then uh, we get another original song for the movie when uh, Warbucks goes to the orphanage <laughs> to have Mrs. Hannigan sign the paper. The song is called Sign. She might and, yeah, I. And I forgot about this song, honestly. Like I said, I, really? I, don't, I don't remember a lot of, like, the second half of this movie is more of a blur to me than the first half. I have literally been dying to do this song as a duet anywhere, anytime for years. Like, I uh, I actually was thinking about doing it when uh, we worked at that theater that is now closed. Um, I I talked to one of the regular cast members there, and he he wasn't really that into it. So, I don't know. But I, oh, I would have loved to do it as, like, a standalone duet. Mm. Hit you like crazy now, let's misbehave now. Mm-hmm. You want to smooch in my little coochie. Right. I think she should have changed that word to coochie. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's calling him pet names. She's not right. trying to get her dick or his dick into her hole just yet. Mm-hmm. You mean wants- in, into the the poussoir. Well, it's she wants very her, French sound. She wants him to buy her things more or less. Mm-hmm. Yes, lavaliers. Yep, you Don't make them yeah. real. Well, you buy lavaliers. <laughs> My favorite at the end. Fine. Swine. The last word. Swine. Yeah. Albert Finney just looked like he was kind of like just clunking through the well, number to me a bit. Did you see well, him mean, at the very end with, I mean. That was kind of his role in the entire thing. He was quite curmudgeonly. I know. I mean, he was yeah. very awkward turtle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I, I I like that expression. And I mean, um, for him, he's just there to do one thing and get out of there. He's got an appointment. He's got shit to do. Lady, sign the damn papers. Right. No, yeah. He's got to go stuff. talk to. He's got to go talk to the president. The president. Yeah. Which like, ding, 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 ding. Since we didn't really talk about him, was my that actor Edward Herman. I was wondering if you were going to use him. I kind of figured yes. you would. Yes. He is such oh I miss He's him. been in tons of stuff. Yes. Well not as... just limited to the was it the Chrysler commercials that he did in the nineties? You remember those? No. Oh, he did he did a bunch of car commercials for like in the like nineties, early two thousands. No. No. He don't what? <laughs> I remember those. Okay. Billy, do you remember those? Well you remember of everything, course. Stefan. Um so Autism. anyway, as a Gilmore's <laughs> girls fan. I felt I had to pick Edward Herman. Yes. I love him. He's wonderful. But then 
also, as a horror fan, I had to pick Edward Herman. <laughs> the Lost Boys. Yep. The Lost Boys. He was yep. also in the town that dreaded sundown. Like he's he's been in so much. He's he been was, on TV uh, shows. He's been in movies. He's been all yeah. over the place. Uh, uh, Richie Rich. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. He was that. He was his dad. My yep. favorite movie that he did was um, Big Business. I love that movie. Sister I first saw that movie with no sound, no sound. I was flying to Florida with my parents in 2004 and the people next to us had a portable DVD player with headphones and they were listening. They were watching big business and I was just glancing back and forth with no sound and I was still laughing my ass off. Just oh my the, god, just that, that movie the, is everything. Uh, and I also loved it's so him. Funny. I also loved him as Grantham was it Grant Stantham the third in Overboard. I'm so virile, I'm so rich. I'm so virile, I'm so rich. <laughs> he was waxing the donkey with painted ladies with Tofuti yeah, Klein. I, Tofuti I don't know. Klein. I'm, I'm going through his uh That's the best filmography here. And like he started out in a movie called Lady Liberty as a policeman in 1970. Hmm. He was in, you know, the 1974 version of The Great Gatsby as Clip Springer. Um, yeah. He, he was, was in, in a lot of period movies. He played Franklin Delano Roosevelt in Eleanor and Franklin. Yep. A few of those. Um, I wonder if he got the role in this because of that. I, I don't know. Um, but he was in Harry's War. He was in uh, Annie. Um, I I find it kind of funny because like it. Uh, where is it? oh he was on Saint Elsewhere for like three years. Uh, oh, the, the face on the milk carton. Do you do you ever read that book? No. Okay, it's like a thrill. It's like this um this girl like discovers that like she was abducted. Uh, oh. As a baby, when she sees I, her her I missing picture on a milk carton, yeah, it was it was made into a TV movie. He was in that. Okay, um, he was in the Man with One Red Shoe. Um, he was in American Playhouse, which I've never heard of. Um, oh, he was in. He was the president because, of course, he was going to play the president uh, in modern times. Um, this. Oh, he was in My Boyfriend's Back. I've never seen that. I remember what it was that. I remember that movie, I've, like seeing seen commercials it. for it. It looked really bad. Um, <laughs> he was he was it the was president. Him. He was the president in this 1990 made-for-TV movie that I remember called Atomic Train. It starred mm. Rob Lowe about this this out of control yeah, speeding train. Yeah, that crashes outside of Denver carrying a nuclear bomb and it blows up and like destroys part of the city. Huh. Yeah, it was, you know, pretty, che- you know, kind of the, it was one of the Rob Lowe when he was in his career slump right before it, it would have been, it would have been literally right before the West Wing started later that mm. year. Yep. Okay. Um, um, it looks like he did a set of narrations on Nova just before that for about a year. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of narrating. Um, yeah. He was in he- the practice for almost the entire run. 
Mm. Uh, he was on Oz for a few years. Um, he did an episode of Crossing Jordan, if you remember that. I remember that show. Um, he he voiced Franklin D. Roosevelt again in 2014 in The Roosevelt's An Intimate History, which is a 2014 American documentary television miniseries directed and produced mm. by oh, Ken Burns. So, yeah. Okay. He, See, I... I'm looking at his filmography here, and I find it kind of funny um, that in 2005, he was a narrator for UFO Files, and then he Mm. narrated Bible Battles, and then Ape to Man, and then the Ten Commandments. So, (laughs) he's kind of jumping the line there a little bit. Um, He just kind of took everything he could get. Yeah. I mean, yep. get that money. I get it. And then he was yep. on Gilmore Girls as mm-hmm. Richard Gilmore for seven years. Uh, he did so good. And then uh, he was on Grey's Anatomy for about a year. Um, he was apparently on the Law and Order, the regular one. Play- he played like three different characters on there. That's really common. <laughs> I, I don't um, like it when show. I mean, I get to save money. They probably do that, but I don't like it when shows do that. It's like they think viewers are too stupid. Yeah, like if you know the actor, you're gonna be like, "Oh, there they are again." But they're a they different character. Again. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, weren't they supposed to be so and so last time? Right. Uh, he was on The Good Wife for three years. Uh, he did mm. an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, he was in The Town That Dreaded Sundown as Reverend Cartwright. That's a really good did, movie. He, did he an was also in the Perception. North Avenue Irregulars. What is that? <gasps> Breathe. That is my virtual slap. North Avenue Irregulars is a movie made by Disney, and I want to say it was the late 70s, early 80s, where he is a he is a minister and their church gets kind of burnt down and it's hysterical it's fabulous it has okay. Cloris Leachman in it Cloris oh. Leachman is in okay. it okay all right well unfortunately we did lose Edward Herman um not too terribly 2014 yeah yeah yep Frankie died of cancer long. yeah yeah unfortunately um, yeah, he but, though he he was in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he well, he had a good long life. He you know was very very recognizable, mm-hmm. and he did wonderfully. Yeah, well, he was That's he why was he's my that actor. He was he well what it was was he was an incredible character actor, and yeah. I'm I'm gonna bank on that he was probably really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He he seems like just a cheerful, happy go lucky guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so he yeah played uh President FDR, who, you know, and I, I don't like this how he, he he is trying to seek Warbucks approval. For the new for the deal, new, the new deal, and it's like, why the fuck should you know you? But you know, rich people, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, mean it's uh, still I mean, happening. Yes, well, yes, it is. It's worse than remember. ever. So you have to remember, 
FDR was a Democrat and mm-hmm. and Warbucks was a staunch Republican mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the richest man in the world. Dot, dot, dot. So he was wanting to get his buy-in because that way he could show that, hey, even the richest Republican in the That's world true. Is, yeah. is on board with this. That's true. You know, and, yep. you know, and it, it may, you know, and this kind of is where I'm like, you know, geez, Warbucks is really kind of a, you know, he'd be a big Trump supporter today. It's sad to say. Well, or maybe not. I no, I don't, we don't know. We don't know that. True. I mean, or maybe not. I mean, but the parties back in, you know, those days weren't no as ridiculous as they are today. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Um, and oh god, what was I gonna say here? So, oh, I wrote yeah. If only Trump voters could be won over by a song. You know, a ten-year-old <laughs> singing a song. It's like, oh, we'd be such a better place now. But this is the real world. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, but that's called that's called um, America's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> so Warbucks decides to uh, find Annie's parents, her birth parents. And he offers a $50,000 cash reward, which I'm like, you know, and then you're shocked that you get all these imposters. Okay, stop and rewind. Okay. He he tries to adopt Annie. Mm -hmm. And she's like, thanks, but no thanks. I have parents. They're coming back. Hello, half a locket. Yeah, they got the other half. True, unbeknownst yeah. to still, her, they died in a fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we find out, like as Billy said, um, shortly thereafter. So then, um, Rooster Lily and Mrs. Hannigan are scheming. Miss, Miss Hannigan, sorry. Yeah, she's not married. No, certainly not. And it's my maiden name, but I'm not married to it. (laughs) (laughs) Are scheming um, to, you know, pose as Annie's parents because Mrs. Hannigan has the locket. So Annie's parents burned in a fire sometime (laughs) after she was born. Damn, Pfizer up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Call back to. Uh, earlier episode, the drop dead. They were one, one crispy critter. <laughs> <laughs> and they sent all their possessions over to Miss Hannigan, who probably hawked most of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we get the Easy Street musical number, which, by the way, so this one for this movie, uh, there were um, kind of like not flashback, but like fantasy sequences where the three of them would have been picturing themselves living in the lap of luxury and they filmed them and evidently they were very expensive, but they decided not to use them. Mm. So kind of a, so a sore point in the production of this film. Okay. So as I said before, this is my favorite choreographed number Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I, when I was a kid, I was in awe of Tim Curry's, you know, gymnastic skills on the banister. I mean, obviously, it probably wasn't him, but um, 
I just I I love this this scene and it even to this day it's probably my favorite choreographed scene in the movie. Yeah, but mm. you know it, it probably it 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 very well could have been him. I mean, hello. I think it probably it just, was him. Just just seven years earlier, he was walking around in fishnets, a widow, and those those incredible heels, singing about oh. how he was a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Oh, honey, I am well aware. But I just uh, with with the gymnastics he did in this. Um, is not necessarily the same as walking around in platform heels, and mm-hmm. so I'm not I'm not so sure it was him, but it could have very well been. I'm not discounting him. As mm-hmm. someone who has done both, done gymnastics and been in seven and a half inch high heel platform shoes, yeah, I, I, I really want to find footage of this. Mm-hmm. And so, so then you know, uh, they po the uh, rooster and and Lily, you know, pose as Annie's parents. They have the locket, and which that was the key, which you know, none of the other people posing as Annie's parents knew about this. And again, it's like you know, it's like you know, you offer a reward. You know, again, it's like a big reward. It's like, of course, you're going to have a lot of imposters. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, what a shock. It's the depression um, and you're offering $50,000. Are you kidding? Know. If they had yes. offered $500, they still would have gotten just as many people. Oh, right? definitely. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, they they take Annie and, you know, right away, the you know, the, the plot is, you know, revealed. It's like, they're not your parents. And... You know, Which, this is kind pause, of pause. What? Yeah, this is where Sandy comes in as well. True. Where True. you know they they take Annie and they squish all of them in the cab of this truck, this flatbed truck, mm-hmm. and Sandy's in the back. And as the orphans are running along the street, you know they don't recognize Miss Hannigan's nasty stocking leg hanging out the window, but they recognize Sandy, who barks and jumps out of the bed of the truck. Which, mm-hmm. you know, clues them in and they're like, Oh, Miss Hannigan is there. They took Annie. Which, yeah. Like, so. And we're we're gonna check off on later kind of how the twenty fourteen version made this scene so much more modern. <laughs> I, with te- I really with technology. thought it was a fantastic remake, you know, and we will talk about it. We will talk about that. Um and so <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so then they uh Annie, you know, smart thinking you know it's like i gotta go to the bathroom and you know bathroom and i (laughs) should have voiced it that way and you know i really like that she sat there and convinced them she didn't she didn't like whine she wasn't like come on i gotta go potty she's like you guys don't want me to go in here like yeah when you gotta go you gotta go right Miss. and then and then her best line daddy we're just gonna eat your liver <laughs> um, oh my God, he's and, gonna kill her for real! <laughs> and this, so I loved the um, Mrs. Hannigan getting, you know, her foot stomped on was a great running gag in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was a great running gag, and so, and this is okay. So, Mrs. Hannigan's change of heart, Miss Hannigan, sorry, 
her change of heart. I mean, I get the story and this this whole end climax scene, by the way, was not in the musical. This was all for the movie and Miss Hannigan's change of heart. And if I mean, it felt to I, I get, you know, it's it's a family film. They wanted, you know, a happy but it felt kind of clunky and contrived to me. Like all of a sudden it's like, he's really going to kill her. It's like, yeah. Didn't you talk about that in your plan? But my whole thing was, it's your brother. How do you not know that your brother is a psychopath? Well, she hasn't seen him in who knows how long. Like, yeah, yeah. But and I mean, yeah, but I mean, come on. I mean, I, I guess Miss Hannigan had kind of a soft spot for Annie, whether or not well, she yeah. admitted it. I mean, she she I saved mean, the locket, you know, didn't sell it or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, she well, because it was only half a locket. They could have melted that down for scrap, got something for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, also her brother could have developed, you know, any number of, you know, weird personality disorders or anything as an adult. Oh, Jess, don't you, don't you know, personality disorders didn't exist in the 1930s. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. That's the excuse everyone like, you know, autism was not a thing until the polio. Until vaccine. they made it, yeah. Oh god. Oh, and boys will be boys. Yeah. Sugar okay. and spice just, and everything nice. It's just locker room talk. Yeah. I never talked like that in a locker room. No. I saved no. that shit for the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> so then we uh Annie is, uh, cha- you know, chased up this, and I love this, um, like, this ladder, I mean, I know it's really high up, but to me, I could, cl- like, I'm afraid of heights, but I could climb up this ladder because it's not totally straight up. It's angled a bit. So I feel like if I fell, I, you know, it was wouldn't, a bridge. wouldn't die necessarily. I mean, it was, okay, it was a bridge. It was yeah. a bridge. Yeah, Thank it was you. a bridge, was a bridge that was too up. Far. Right. It was the bridge over the River Kwai. <laughs> it was the bridge and, to um, So then we get uh, Poonjab flies in and. God, what a name. Jess, you want to take this away? Uh, yes, Poonjab is actually my MVP for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is one of the two token people of color in this movie. And I feel very bad for them that they dressed a black man up like he was from India, uh, Mm -hmm. an Indian man, not Native American, but the country of India. And uh, the ass uh, is actually an Asian American man. But get the P on there, girl. You're like in the ass. (laughs) Ass. (laughs) Anyway, Thank you for the for the for the enunciation of the he consonant. He by Jeffrey Holder, who uh, passed away in 2014 uh, at the age of 84. So he had a nice long life. Everyone in this um, movie died in either 2014 or 2020. They yeah. died in 2014 that. when that remake came out. But. Um, <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm just I pointing that out. I'm just pointing really that out. Interesting that he uh, narrated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, which was really cool. He was the Ray the Sun on the Bear in the Big Blue House, which is a oh my God. series. 
that ran five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh Jim Henson show. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Um he did a lot of voiceovers for video games. Um, and he was in a handful of TV movies. Like he played the Cheshire Cat in 1983, Alice in Wonderland. Great performances. Um, he, yeah, he just had actually a really great career. He, uh, he was on Tarzan, the TV series, in 1967 for about a year. Um, he was on Dr. Doolittle in 67. Uh, oh, he was a dancer in Porgy and Bess in 59. So he, he had a lot going on. He mm-hmm. did a lot considering, you know, being a person of color in, you know, Hollywood is, was not easy to get, um, to get roles. And so, no. you know, it's it's cool that he had such a great career. He had 33 acting credits. Um, and cool. honestly, I have not heard of him before Annie. Um, but, you know, I I really, you know, enjoyed his role. I mean, he was he was a caretaker for Annie. He kind of. uh he was a babysitter. He, you know, was magical. And then mm-hmm. in the end, he literally uses his turban to hang off of a helicopter to save her from fucking psycho Tim Curry. So, mm-hmm. like, I just, he's my MVP for the movie. I love him. He did great. Um, and he, I, he has a quote here that says, Buddha says, a child without courage is like a night without stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it was, you know, it was what Annie needed to hear at that point. It was. It was, yeah. Yeah, that was great. But he could have just referenced an earlier movie that he was in. Live and let die. Because he was in a James Bond. His character's name was Baron Samedi. Mm. That sounds like a James Bond villain. I like the, the women's names better. I mean... Was it Pussy Galore? And Pussy wasn't there galore. A, a lot of vagina? <laughs> the Austin Powers parody. Was so that from was, that one? I can't remember. Was there anything else to do in this movie, Stefan? Um, yeah, just yeah. so then it ends, you know, and Annie is adopted. And I, I don't know if he adopted, like, the other girls or what was going to happen with them, you know, but... We'll assume they had a happy ending. We'll check um, off on that for the next one as well. Yeah. So yeah. So and, I, I personally think he dressed them up, got them some new clothing, and said, "Hope you can still fit into this when you go to look for a job." Oh. Either that, or he was like, "I'll let you work in my house. You can clean." Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they can <laughs> dance, so right there, they got the job. Yeah. True. Yeah. So my MVP cleaning for the and movie, dancing. That's what they. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Those right. Are the there qualifications. You, there you go. Yeah, and um, uh, so for my MVP for the movie, this movie is uh, Annie herself. This this is my favorite of the, all three of these movies. My favorite Annie. She's just, you know, tough, spunky resourceful, witty, and she is very good at reverse psychology. 
you know, do you notice that? Like when she was trying to get Warbucks to go to the movie and she's like, you know, Pepper, Pepper went to a movie once. And then she's I like, no, lies a lot. Then it's like, she lies a lot. Yeah, it's, it's okay. We don't have to go. It's yeah. like, she's really good at that. But she's also innocent at the same time, think, you know, with the I whole. I think it was more manipulative than reverse psychology. Well, yeah, yeah, deliberate, deliberate reverse psychology. Yeah, you can tell she grew up to be a manipulative bitch. <laughs> Annie, the later years. Yeah, um, she, 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 she ended up on the Real Housewives of, of Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> and the um, uh, Aileen Quinn, uh, she, she didn't really do a lot of acting. After this movie, some voice acting. I think she was like Dorothy in some Wizard of Oz cartoons, and yeah. she she played in a band called uh, Funny Enough Leaping Lizards. Of course. Yep, and she played herself in one of the Will and Grace revival episodes where Grace crashes a reunion of a uh, former Annie's. She played uh, Ramona she, she, Delaney. Yep. And Grace like pretends to be a former Annie on Broadway, I guess. Yep. So that's that's Annie, uh, the nineteen eighty two version. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. So so how did the how did Annie nineteen eighty two fare with the critics? Yeah, I'm really surprised by this. Another movie like Hook that you know, as an adult, I'm shocked that, you know, it wasn't as well received as I expected it to be. Only a 57% critical score and 69% audience score. And uh, Aileen Quinn actually won the Razzie for, uh, I believe it was Worst New Star. Oh. Yep. They had Razzies back then? Yeah, they, they first started in, I think, 1980. Oh wow! I'm, yep. I'm not saying and, anything. I'm just gonna sit here and sip my tea, my <laughs> refreshing beverage. The audience score is 69, percent which again, I'm surprised. That's I thought it'd be a lot higher than that. Really? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, anybody like our age, Jess. No offense, Billy. Anybody our age that doesn't um, like Annie? Um, I'm I'm about two years from billy from my guess so i'm 46 okay i'm yeah. not two years from billy mm-hmm. but <laughs> i'm i'm in between you two mm-hmm. and... i'm at a point where i'm like i'm I've, if i was all i need is a turban then i could be gloria fucking swanson what am I, 70, David? Am I 70? Don't just buy me a walker buy a goddamn walker and put me in it for Miss <laughs> Billy, have you ever seen? Do you have Apple TV? I don't remember. Uh, honey, yes. Okay. Have you seen? Have you heard of that show, Central Park? Yes. There's I have a character on it. there named. There's a character on there named Bitsy. She's like a multi-billionaire that tries to buy Central Park. I think you you'd relate to her a lot. Are you trying to say that I'm some uppity bitch that's trying to, that would try and buy a, a national landmark just so I could shoo out all of the unattractive homeless people? <laughs> so, that I, so that I could have sex 
at Tavern on the Green on the Green. Are they closed? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Helen Cumlicker only gave it, I think it was two out of ten Helens. <laughs> How about the 1999, Annie? Alrighty. So, um, I covered the 1999 hidden gem made-for-TV movie version, uh, The Wonderful World of Disney, Annie. Which I um, saw for the f- oh, sorry, I saw it for the first time uh, last week. You are really selling that stroganoff, Jess. Go for it. <laughs> Sell Thanks, that stroganoff. I will. Um, so I I did enjoy it, um, and I will sell this stroganoff because I'm trying to remain positive. Um, oh wait, yeah, hold on. I, be- be- wait before you start. Let me just explain that. So back in 2000. Three, I moved to Columbus, Ohio with an estranged friend. Well, a now estranged friend. And we had literally not a pot to piss in, the window to throw it out over the ground for it to land on. We had $30, that's three zero dollars to go and do grocery shopping for the week. And he saw this boxed stroganoff that had everything in it in this box. It was 30 $12.99. And I said, I don't eat Yikes. stroganoff. And he said, well, I think it'd be really good. I'm like, but that's almost half of our budget for a meal for you. And he said, well, I'm going to get it. I said, fine. I got cans of cream of chicken soup. So I fixed my little cream of chicken soup with some 2% milk, you know, because you need a little yum yum in there. And I'm sitting there sipping my little cream of chicken soup. And he's eating that stroganoff, and he goes, this is so good. I was like, mm, you go ahead, girl, and eat that stroganoff. You enjoy it. About two or three bites later, he goes, you know, it really isn't that bad. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you keep going. I'm still eating my soup. And then he goes, is there any soup left? I'm like, no. But there's mm-hmm. a whole fucking shit ton of stroganoff you need to eat, bitch. Well, so now whenever anyone between... tries to sell a crappy thing, I'm always like, enjoy that stroganoff. Well, the difference between that and, you know, the movies the we watched in the gem. podcast the is we gem. all have different opinions. And we the have a right to gem. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I like I like taking the piss. Um, For you so UK viewers. The 1999 version of Annie, uh, the Disney version, if you will. Um, so it starts out, there's snow, you know. Um, Annie was supposed to be set around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it. <laughs> the funny thing about the 1982 version was they have not made any money on that movie because it was so extravagant to make. Um, and they decided to make it in summer and at the 4th of July because they really couldn't afford to put snow around the Warbucks mansion. (laughs) So, you know, I, I thought that was interesting and actually I'm going to give it a little, a little rundown myself. It's basically about a girl who's an orphan who tries to run away, um, you know, 
finds and befriends a dog, brings him back to this orphanage, and, you know, her and the girls are trying to hide it from, you know, the evil orphanage owner. I'm good, I'm going to put that in quotes for this movie, um, and we will check off on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the richest man in the world sends his assistant to find an orphan uh, to adopt for a week as a publicity stunt. And eventually uh, she comes and grows on him. And eventually he wants to adopt her. She says, no, I've got parents. They look for the parents. Uh, The um, orphanage owner conspires with her brother and his girlfriend to, you know, kidnap Annie because they have insider information because they want the cash reward. And, you know, then... A chase ensues, Annie gets rescued, and eventually becomes adopted by Mr. Warbucks. Excellent summary. Thank you. That is, you know, the general... Take take a lesson, Rose. That's how you tell a story. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, the general story of Annie. Um, And as I mentioned, you know, we start out and there's snow. You know, there's actually snow in this one. Which threw uh, me off. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yep. Um, and you can actually even tell in film quality that this was definitely more theatrical. Um, I, I, yeah, I noticed that too. Because this, this one to me felt way more stage bound than the 82 version. And honestly, yes. it felt, so, 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 so you know how NBC has done those, live musicals with like you know um sound of music peter pan hairspray <laughs> the next and, and yes. they've had they've had mixed critic critical reception and that's putting it uh um you know that's being mild to say mm-hmm. the least and so their next <laughs> their next one is going to be annie and mm. this to me felt kind of just one step up from a live nbc uh production in my opinion, but you know, it did have strong points. It is a, this one is a, a pretty much a totally faithful adaptation of the book, except for one detail at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is so in the musical, it was, uh, uh, it was Lily St. Regis, like in the 82 version who poses as Annie's mother. Not Mrs. Hannigan or Miss Hannigan. I keep doing that. Miss Hannigan. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, not every woman is a Mrs. Stefan. I know. Wazel. I know. Wazel, <laughs> Madam Wazel. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that which that's only the real change. And I I guess I mean I don't know why they did that, but it just seemed to me like, you know, I guess they wanted to do one thing differently to set it apart. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I, maybe. They... Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I, they they to make the story work, they needed Lily at the orphanage. So right. Um, that's that. I guess that was kind of their way around it. Um, now my next next note on this is uh, Miss Hannigan is less violent, less drunk, less floozy, and more put together, and she is played by the inc. Comparable Kathy Bates. Yes. Absolutely amazing. 
And da, 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 da. Billy, you want to take it away? Bates. I love Kathy Bates. And who she's wonderful. She I'm sorry, what did you say, Jeff? I said, who is she to you? She In will forever story. be the lady who tried to sell a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What about the shortcut? <laughs> it has become my catchphrase whenever <laughs> shitty things happen in life. And I just go, we, we should have bought, bought a squirrel. <laughs> we should have bought a squirrel. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. <laughs> me now now see of the three versions i think that this one had the best actors i love 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 victor garber i have loved yes. him from the moment mm -hmm. that he stepped on stage in the original production of sweeney todd oh who did he play he played um oh what is the the sailor I'm drawing a blink on his name. I can't believe this. Oh, okay. my God. My gay card's about to be revoked. <laughs> I know the who you're talking kid? about. All right. Yeah. So, um, he... The kid who was in love with Joanna? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember his name either, but I get who you're talking about. Anthony. Anthony. Ah. Okay. I knew it. I knew I'd get it. Yes! <laughs> All right, and I didn't Google that, by the way, just so nice. you all know. I actually used my mind. Mm -hmm. I used my, yeah. my Jedi mind tricks. Um, so, and, oh, oh, right, I was so, gonna go ahead. Yes, sorry. go. No, go, go, Jeff. Go, go. I was gonna say, uh, Victor Garber is my that actor for this movie. Um, I most remember him as uh, Thomas Andrews from Titanic. Yes. Which I I thought he did a great a great job in that movie. I um, love I love him. I think he is I think he is a beautiful man. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love yep. his hair and hate him at the same time for that hair because <laughs> his hair is fabulous and mine is just kind of it's 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 very fine it's very soft, um, but it does nothing. You're okay. fine. It's like it's like a it's like a dead sex worker. It just lays there. <laughs> um, but <laughs> besides your uh, what was it that actor Stefan uh, Billy's MVP was Kathy Bates. Yeah, yes, because mm. I just I I I the way I see her is she was like a gigantic block of just really cheap soap. It was just <laughs> she 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 had that like like linebacker kind of just kind of gruff although i really did not appreciate her performance of lit little girls little girls um i mean i will say as a as a composer and as a as a as a performer of stage work it is while it is very important to try to to perform the music the way it's written on the on the page because a lot of times um it the way that it's written on the page lines up with orchestrations and whatnot that get missed if you if you change stuff around. But it was a little it was a little too wooden that that performance mm -hmm. of that number. But I just love Kathy Bates. I just think no yeah. one plays no one plays a 
bitch, a psycho, Tawanda. Yes. Better <laughs> Tawanda. than her. Oh my God. Face it, I'm older and have more insurance. I am <laughs> so fucking happy that I'm at that age now. I don't drive anymore because I have evolved past driving. But I am at that age where I am older and have more insurance than other people. Okay, so mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta jump in here uh, with three points. Um, one, I love Kathy Bates. Two, I think she is amazing. Um, I've you know. Loved her. I think the first thing I remember seeing her in was Dolores Claiborne. I saw that movie for the first time at Billy's urging, like just a few weeks ago. Uh, six pins, Dolores. Oh, six and I'm, pins. As me being, you know, a big <laughs> Stephen King fan, I had never, I had never read the book and never watched it. The uh, book is so good, and yeah. the movie is so. It's. I I it's really kind of interesting because well it's it, it was such a a a departure for Stephen King because mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a horror movie it wasn't horror no it wasn't no. even it, it it for me it was it was heartbreaking it was yeah, yeah a drama well it was even past past drama it was just it for me it really it showed it showed the fact that you had two women that were that were from total opposite ends of the financial spectrum in the same boat yeah and mm-hmm. they and they found a way even though vera was a was a a tough hard-nosed bitch and and a misery to work for they 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 were able to form this incredible bond this this wonderful friendship and i think for me i think that it was a tragedy because i mean vera was at that point and she wanted her best friend the the who really was the love of her life to to put her out of her misery mm-hmm. yeah. yeah now the way Kathy Bates' performance in this movie, I think it's kind of, I feel like it's a little bit maybe how Bette Midler would have played Miss, Miss Hannigan. Yeah. Maybe a yeah. little bit. Okay, so um, in my second point, uh, in commenting on Billy's comment about little girls, um, I, I do agree, but to be fair, she is not a singer. She's not a musical no. actress. Like, you know, she she put she put what she could into it, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't really I wasn't blown away by, you know, little girls, but the reprise of it at the end, I loved. Yeah. I I loved like that extra little wrap up where she's, you know, she's literally having like this kind of breakdown like little girls oh my god and, you know she gets I agree yes yeah, she she had little girls on the brain and it was fabulous yeah. yeah so like it it didn't really feel like that in the main song but the reprise I just love but you know but looking at it that way and and looking retrospectively maybe she sang it that way 
because she had almost become robotic in, in her day-to-day hmm. dealings with those walking sacks of hormones of hell. Um, I, I also have to mention uh, her as Miss Hannigan. Um, you know, when Annie gets returned from running away, you know, she's like, oh, aren't you going to, you know, whoop me? And she's like, have I ever laid a hand on you? Like, no, I'm not actually going to whoop you. I, I, I liked that. I, I That was a nice touch. Yeah, and Annie's like, well, but you threatened. And she's like, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, of course. Duh. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what most parents do. Exactly. Especially in this day and age, because they're afraid of being videoed and have their life put on blast. Well, and, you know, there have been studies that say, you know, spanking is more detrimental to a kid. There's yes. no reason for it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but anyway, my point for the second part was I like the reprise of little girls. Yeah. And uh, third, I am so happy to see Kathy Bates has returned to horror in the American horror story um, universe. Mm-hmm. I just, every time she does it, she's different and she does so amazing. And I love yes. it. And did she's, you, she's awesome. Did you see Jess the teaser for Double Feature? Uh, I have not. Oh. I'm I'm still trying to catch up on the spinoff right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's um. So in the upcoming uh, Double Feature season, I guess she's gonna have a sex scene with Macaulay Culkin. What? Yeah, girl. Macaulay Culkin. He was. He was. I don't care. I, I never thought he was a cute kid. But yeah, he, well, a lot he, of people he, did. Yeah, I know. But it just but he grew up and he and I don't know what it was. It was like he, he seems kind of gaunt. I don't know what's going on. It's just he it's, did for a while, but yeah, he's, he, he's really he cleaned up. He, he Oh, has. I haven't I haven't looked for, I haven't I haven't gazed upon the Culkin in a while. Oh, you should see oh, the, the yeah. behind the scenes pics from American Horror Story. Yeah, he he looks. Oh good. yeah, he's he's cleaned up. Like there was real. speculation he was like do he was he looked gone for a role. I know there was some speculation for that before. Okay, most of what I heard was just drugs on drugs on drugs. So. I mean, well that that has happened too, but um, yeah. But yeah. no, he looks he looks damn good now. He's he does he's cleaned himself up. He had a baby with another actress. Like, you know, he's he's doing a lot better. He looks a lot better, and he's getting back into acting, which yeah. is pretty great. About um, time. But honestly, it's really refreshing. And one thing I've loved about Kathy Bates is she is not afraid to be naked on screen. Mm-hmm. And being a plus-sized woman, no pun intended, but that is huge uh, for the for the plus-sized community. You know, it's it's good to see people of our size and stature portrayed in regular media instead of everybody should be skinny, have a bikini body, and a thigh gap. You know, it just everybody is beautiful at their size. Like it's, 
And it's refreshing that they're pairing her with Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is there an age gap there, but, you know, it's it's people of different sized bodies that can get together. And sorry, I'm on a tangent here, but I really love this. Um, no, absolutely. Just, it's not often seen in cinema or TV. For sure. No, so that was, it's that not, was my I mean, free part my, about Kathy Bates. Well, my <laughs> thing is, I mean, I, I, I'm a fat ass and I fully embrace it. And I, and I, and, but I mean, my thing is, is that when I look around, I see more people like me than yeah. I see. I see more stones than sticks. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, my my whole thing is you can be ample bodied, plump, chunky, however you want to label it. Z- my, about- my favorite my favorite is a uh, Zoftig. Zofty, I love juicy. I love that term. Zofty, which is which means juicy in German. Yes, I know a little German. I thought it was Yiddish. No, well, it's, it's oh, I, I've it's it could be that they use it in in in, but Yiddish is 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 an offshoot of of some German. Mm. But zofty is is a word in German, juicy. Ah, uh, cool. okay, because like. Apple juice in German is Äpfelsaft. Apple juice. The more you know, gay rainbow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but what I, 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 I was, totally get that. I just, yeah. I have frustration with uh, Hollywood, especially when they continue to make fat phobic they continue to write fat phobic comments and statements and you know treat fat people as the butt of a joke and whatnot you know Mm -hmm. in media whereas you know most of the world doesn't look like that all right so so this is what i have to say about that as a fat person I'm fine with being the butt of the joke for the simple fact that i'd rather be the butt of a joke than an asshole Drop the mic. Mm -hmm. Tongue pop. I mean, my thing is, is that, I mean, I don't mind people poking fun as long as it's all in jest. When people, when people are, are mean or ugly or hateful about, about the way that they want to describe or characterize or villainize you, See, as as someone who's autistic, I don't understand that at all. I don't understand at all, especially when it's someone that they don't even know. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I will say, I will say this as someone who has who has been to the boudoir of both sticks and stones. Stones tend to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because the sticks, you have to worry about them snapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yes, I, I took it there. That. And now we just became Sex and the Cities. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do agree with you, but I am going to drudge up again. My favorite one to talk about is uh, Deadpool 2, who basically 
you know, pokes fun at the heavyset kid who's, you know, verging on being a villain. And he makes several fat jokes regarding diabetes and any number of stuff. And it's like, this isn't funny. Like, well, no, on. Just, there's well, a million see, I don't like I don't like using the term diabetes. About. I'm Southern. We call it the sugars. <laughs> we call Either it the way. sugars. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, it's just uh, the 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 thing that I find, and it's the and this is can be applied to any aspect of life. People tend to make fun of of other people or or or, or situations that make them feel uncomfortable. And yeah. the, I, and I will tell mm-hmm. you, there is nothing in this world, ladies and Doberman, that makes a person feel more uncomfortable than seeing a fat bitch knowing that she is all that and everything, and she is strutting her shit and knows that she is worthy of everything. Mm-hmm. Amen. When you when you when you can pack your pounds in and you can strut that shit like you are you are a a board certified supermodel. They can't touch you. So that's so mm-hmm. because and they and because they know that all they have going for them is is the fact that they're a little thinner. There's usually nothing else there. Yeah, there is there yeah. as deep as a puddle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just like, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, and, and I get the same thing from people because I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm going to tell you, my biggest pet peeve is when I tell people I have severe OCD with fair insight and they go, oh, I'm OCD too. And I'm like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, like I, 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 I'm OCD in the sense that I group things in five. It's like, no, that's not OCD. Yeah, it's like, no. OCD is, I, I literally, if I, if I get a cut, I will pick that scab 164 times before it finally gets to a point where I can't do it anymore. And I can't stop myself. I have obsessive thoughts. And like one of the reasons why I I don't drive or stop driving initially was when I drove, if there was a car in front of me, I would look at the, the digits on the license plate and I would have to add, subtract, multiply and divide over and over again until I got a sum of one. Wow, that's kind of distracting. Yeah. Yeah. So when people go, "Oh, I'm OCD too," I like to turn. I have to turn my lights off at least twice. I'm like, "Girl, girl, no, you weren't." No, yeah, it's like no. no you just got a quirk. No. Yeah. Stop trying to 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 cultivate your eccentricity into something fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I feel we have to talk about uh, Kristen Chenoweth. In this movie, who she uh uh, in this uh one... yeah we aren't there yet. <laughs> okay, all right. I was sure the order James. we were going in. Yeah, Lily Saint yep. Regis. I'm, oh. uh, I took my notes kind of in chronological order as I watched the movie, as I okay. usually do. Mm-hmm, um, same. And so I actually have two that actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't realize it until looking at my notes. But my first that actor actually kind of ties into my next note. Uh, it says repeat Disney stars in this movie because um, there are a few. 
Uh, my first that actor is Lelaine. Um, she was almost my that actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so she did play an orphan in this movie mm-hmm. um, uh, named Kate. Um, and this was actually, it looks like her second acting role. Um, and then she went on to have a few other roles in like a Hillary Duff video short, uh, TV movie called you wish she was on Buffy the vampire slayer for a couple mm. of episodes. And then she got her big break on Lizzie McGuire mm-hmm. and Miranda Sanchez, Lizzie's best friend. Um, Who was absent in the movie. Oops. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, continuing on, she's in, you know, a, a number of things, which honestly I haven't really heard of until we get up to 2010. She was in Easy A as a gossip yep. girl. Um, and then she was in a number of video shorts called Vanity Theft. Uh, she was in a TV series called Dream Journal. Um, and then she went back. Oh, I guess it's announced that she's going back to Lizzie McGuire to play Miranda again. Um, Which, um, I I thought the revival got canceled. Uh, unless did that change? Announced. I have no idea. Uh, before that, it was the man with the red balloon. Post production. Sure. Uh, so I I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, so Lelaine, if you know you were a Disney Channel fan, you will recognize her from Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. And then my other that actor who is definitely more from the Broadway side of things is Mr. Alan Cumming, who is absolutely amazing and probably one of the most recognizable chameleons out there. <laughs> yeah. He played a Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah? The Nightcrawler. What? X-Men. That's X-Men. right. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, I have. He was yeah. Kurt Vonnegut. You gotta see them, Jess. He's Kurt Vonnegut. How can you say you love Alan Cumming and you didn't see that? He was. I mean, he he was blue for God's sakes. Okay, well, he's been in a number of other things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting in 1984, he had a small role on a TV series called Traveling Man, and then he he actually did like. Um, a number of TV series, but like longer term characters. So like he, he had like a character arc in some of them. Um, and you know, then he started getting into movies and, uh, you know, going, going up the, uh, list here. Um, uh, he was he, the MC in Cabaret, the TV movie, in 1993. He was the voice of Black Beauty in 1994. Um, he was in The High Life from 94 to 95. Uh, he was Pip in Oliver 2. Uh, he was in Golden Eye as Boris Grishenko. Uh, he was in Emma as Mr. Elton. Uh, Uh, He was in Gargoyles, The Goliath Chronicles. 
Uh, he was Sandy Frank in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Whoa. Sandy Frank? That's the, Sandy Frank? The hell was, <laughs> was I, I thinking? thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, I want to say it's the first place I remember seeing him. Same. Um, he but was in. Keep going, keep going. He's got more to go. Oh, I, I am. I am. Have some patience. Uh, he was in Spice World as Pierce. He was in Eyes Wide Shut as a desk clerk. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was Rooster in the 1999 version of Annie. And we actually learn uh, Rooster's name, or they actually gave him a full name, is Daniel Francis Rooster Hannigan. Uh, he was on the show Titus, it looks like, as Saturninus. Uh, he was he was in uh, the Flint the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas as uh, Gazoo and Mick Jagged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was on a TV series called God the Devil and Bob as the Devil. Um, he mm. was in Spy Kids. He was in Josie and the Pussycats. He was in Sex in the City. He was in Spy Kids too. He was on Courage the Cowardly Dog. He was in Nicholas Nickleby. He was on an episode of Frasier. He was in X2, uh, X-Men United as Kurt Wagner slash Nightcrawler. He was Kurt in Wagner, Spice- Wagner. It's German. Kurt Wagner. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I just said he was in Spice Kids 3, but uh, Spy Kids 3 <laughs> came over. Game uh, over! He was in The Goodbye Girl. He did a voice in Garfield on two th- in 2004. Um, he, he was on a show called Zoox Zoo as Bruno the Bear. He was in <laughs> uh, Reefer Madness, the movie musical, which was so fucking funny. Um, if you've ever seen the original and the remake, this is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Son of the Mask as Loki. Um, he, let me see, I'm trying to see, oh, he was on the L Word for a little while as Billy Blakey. Uh, mm. he was in the Full Grown Men as the Hitchhiker, uh, X-Men, the official game, um... Eloise in Hollywood. Um, he was on Robot Chicken for a couple of years. All right. Um, a show called Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in all the world. Yes. I've got to see that. <laughs> he played Chuck, Rupert, and Zeke. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, Zeke. He was on Boogie Woogie. I've never heard of it. Um, As Dewey Dalamanatosis. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm moving all the way up to 2010. He was in Burlesque, which I I enjoy that movie very much. And I Mm -hmm. thought it was fun to see him in it. And I think he did, like, a cabaret number in there, which... Kind of, he did, like, yeah, like breathing to him because he's done cabaret so mm-hmm. much. Uh, he was in the Smurfs as the voice of Gutsy, 
Um, he was in uh, The Outback as Bog. Uh, what else? A TV series called Web Therapy. He was in The Smurfs 2. Uh, oh, goodness. Oh, he was on an episode of Dora the Explorer. Uh, yes! Yes! Another one that he was in that I super love. Um, it's not very well known, but I highly suggest people see it. I oh, I love it so much. Um, it's a movie called Strange Magic, and he was one of the lead actors in it, uh, the Bog King. And I just... It's it's so good. Um, me and my partner and my son happened to see this uh, kind of mistakenly. Uh, we went to the theater to see Big Hero 6, and they, like, showed Strange Magic that night instead. And we're like, eh, since we're already here, let's check it out. And on my way out, like, I was downloading the soundtrack. I loved it so much. It's You're good. the only person I know that's have seen it. I've seen it. Oh, okay. Have you? You two are. The yes. Only. Oh, it's so good. And it's it's so funny. I think one of the problems was they kept on uh, pumping it up as from the mind of George Lucas. Because once Disney bought yes. the film, mm-hmm. you know, they, they had rights to, like, everything that he had ever, you know, put it on the paper, pretty much. And so, you know, I think I think that was part of, actually, the problem instead of helpful but did you like strange magic billy i did i thought that it was really well done i really liked the animation i loved the characters yeah it's yeah it's just it's really it's really clever the only my only my only wish is that it had been original music it was like a jukebox musical I felt I felt they did uh, uh mashups. You yeah, know, it was, but it they, was kind of in like the highlight of mashups, you know. Yeah, I mean the, it, the, the pieces that they picked worked really well. Yeah, I just I I just I just always like it when it's when it's an original music. I mean, like I love the movie Moulin Rouge, or as um the the late manager of the blockbuster that I worked with called it Malin Raug. Um, when they what? turned, yeah, oh my God, yeah, oh, she uncultured she swine. She couldn't say Moulin Rouge, and it wasn't. <laughs> she couldn't say virtuosity. It was virtuosity. <laughs> and and the movie okay. Johnny, the movie Johnny Mnemonic. She just looked at that and she was like, John, Johnny movies do back. <laughs> the tale You're... of Steve. <laughs> Check off for later, Billy. I can't wait for your. Eventual talkbuster with Chris. Oh my God, it's gonna so, be great. But I mean, it's. But they, I loved Moulin Rouge the movie, and I was so excited when I heard that it was coming to the stage as a Broadway show. And then they released the cast recording, and I was all over that, and and got it off of um, Apple Music, and I was just like, "There's no original music." I don't want to hear fucking chandelier inside of Moulin Rouge. What? Yeah. It's a oh. box musical. Oh. I just was like. No, thank you. 
I, I, I feel like Jim Carrey, and I now have to get to the top of Mount Crumpet so I can pull out the Whoville dictionary and hate all of the Who's for 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 doing that to that that story. <laughs> chandelier. I'm just like I'm. Don't want to. I don't want to swing from the chandelier. <laughs> um, I I thought all of the actors who did their singing in Strange Magic did a phenomenal job. Magic yes. Or not. It was, uh, the singing was tight. It was good. Yes. Which, didn't it have Kristen Chenoweth in it as well? Yes, it did. Yes. So, we've got a crossover there with two of our actors here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I feel like Strange Magic is a movie for all ages. There's something for everybody. And I just love it so much. I wish more people would see it. It's, I, it's really clever. I'm curious to see it. It's so it's, fucking good. It's really, I really like it. Yeah. It's one of those, Stefan, it's one of those movies that you sit there and you, you, you hear the title and then you look and you go, no. And then someone's like, Vicky, please, you want to be me? And you're like, oh, fine, but I better get my dick sucked after this. And then you sit there and you're like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. It was kind of like my family when we went to the video store and I rented Goonies. And they were all just like, really? Oh my God, it's so good. They were like, really? They were like, you want to rent a movie called Goonies? And I was like, yeah, I want to. And and of the the three movies that were rented that, that trip, mine was the one that everyone loved the most. Well, of course, it's Goonies. Yeah. I know. Hey, you guys. Baby. <laughs> so I was I was just going to continue. Like, this this man has done so much. He is amazing. As I said, he's probably the most recognizable chameleon out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's so fantastic. I can't call... I can't, in good conscience, call him a uh, character actor. Um... But he just he's he's amazing and he fits whatever he does. Yeah, and but, uh, but that's what a character actor does. A character actor yeah. can can blend into it's you you it's you you go, I know that guy. And then and then you know, and you don't realize where you know him from because they they embody that character so well. It's not it's not like your quote-unquote leading ladies and men nowadays that it's hi i have a brand and i'm gonna be and i'm gonna do this brand in every damn movie i'm in i i get that like they're hocking cold cream. such a face that you can't not recognize it oh he's 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 very stunning to look at and i love him yes i would not uh-huh. kick him out of bed for eating biscuits another <laughs> uk res- reference um, biscuits for for those of you on this side of the pond a biscuit in both australia and in the uk is a cookie mm-hmm. um and actually i am going to put a music video if i can find one on youtube uh from strange magic into the show notes because i I think he did so fantastic as the Bog King. Like, um, there's a song called Trouble. I'll probably put Trouble in there because it's my favorite song. Um, and it's just 
oh god it's so good and his voice is so good like it's just fantastic yeah. he's a he's a classically trained performer he's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um ouch i'm reading so strange magic has only an 18 percent rating on rotten tomatoes all right, yep. you know what? Fuck rotting rotten tomatoes. I'm gonna Thank say you. it because I'm I'm sorry. That's fine. I have I have seen so many movies that according to the Rotten Tomatoes is just this incredible movie, and then I watch it and I'm just like Right. Yep. That is, is two and a half hours of my life that I will never get back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is I'm, why I don't listen to critics. <laughs> completely legit billy what were you saying i just it's yeah i mean for for me i I don't know about you all but when i watch a movie or i watch a television show that's not a documentary it's not it's not like it's not like from the history channel or animal planet if i'm watching a, a show i don't i don't want it to be some high cerebral thing. I want to be taken on a journey. I have incredible willing suspension of disbelief. And I get all wrapped up in my in my movies and in my television shows, which makes me a really crappy um, audience member for most people because I tend to start talking to the screen. <laughs> like they can hear me. Yeah. But I just get really wrapped up in what they're what they're doing and it, and for me it becomes real and if it's and if it's some movie that people go oh it it, it was making a a a point from from like it was trying to make some like political point or some commentary i'm like i don't care about that crap and if people yeah. like oh it was i don't like that movie because it was too woke you know what fuck that shit if it if you're if you go in looking for reasons to dislike something, you're gonna find them. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. I'm like, go in and just sit back. I mean, for God's sakes, you pay you 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 take someone on a date to a movie. You're you're lucky. You're lucky if you get out of there without spending at least fifty or sixty dollars between your between your tickets and your beverages. And of course you have to have your popcorn and your, and your hot dog and your pizza and your fucking nachos. And, and I mean, a hamburger and chicken nuggets and, and boxes of Skittles. Who puts, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have anyway. to on a tear. Yeah. Fuck those boxes. But <laughs> you spend all that money and it's like, just go and just fucking enjoy the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. It's entertainment. Yes. Billy, who was your uh, that actor for this movie? For this one, my that actor is the incomparable Audra McDonald. All right. So I actually have been fortunate enough to see her perform live. I saw her back in the original Broadway cast of ragtime now this is how amazing this woman is not only as a singer but also as an actress so she she plays a character named sarah and she gets killed before the first act ends 
she's got this in inc- Annie. No, not in Annie. In Ragtime, she gets oh. killed before the first act ends, and and they were like, "Well, that's her character," but she was such an amazing presence and just so wonderful that they actually wrote a song in the second act to to for her to perform and she sings it called Sarah Brown Eyes and she sings it with another incredibly and wonderful actor Brian Stokes Mitchell and they wrote that song because they just were like we have to have her in the second act at least somewhere and I mean I'm gonna tell you when she sang um, your daddy's son, and then Wheels of a Dream. When she sang Wheels of a Dream, I I was in tears. I it, and I had goosebumps, and I still just can to this day just remember how it felt. It was unbelievable, and and everything that she does. I, I told Stefan earlier. I, I love this woman so much. As long as she is singing to me, she could take a dump on my shoe, and I would still be like, that that's great. That's incredible. Oh, my God. Oh, when's the DVD coming out? I'm sorry, the Blu-ray. Audra McDonald originated, the, she, she did that. She was in a revival of, um, of Carousel. And she played Carrie Pepperidge as she's saying, When I Marry Mr. Snow. And, she, and I forget, and I think it was, she was in, it was when she was in the play called The Masterclass, which was about, um, oh, goodness, never mind. Um, but she, for everything that she did on Broadway for a, for a stretch, she was nominated for, for a Tony, and she won. Mm. And 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 so I mean, not only is not only is she just an incredibly wonderful singer and actor, and and just so good. She is drop dead gorgeous, both inside and out. When I met her, she was so sweet and so genuine. It wasn't like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, glad you enjoyed. She she took the moment to just be there with me and listen to what I had to say as I gushed. And she was really sincere. It was fantastic. And I love her in this. I mean that she can sing the house down boots. All right, I'm done. (laughs) I've gushed enough. Audra, if you're listening, I love you, baby. You're the best. You're all that in a bowl of cheese grits. So, um, as I said, as I mentioned before, we have repeat Disney stars, um, including the guy who voiced uh, Pumbaa in The Lion King, um, yes. Ernie Sabella. Uh, he's had mm. a long uh, history of good roles as well. Um, so we've got, you know, kind of a handful of repeat Disney stars going on or, you know, just yeah. starting out well- in the case of Lelaine. Yeah, and and Audrey McDonald was in the the live action Beauty and the Beast. Oh, she was okay. the wardrobe. She was yes. the wardrobe. Oh, yes. oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember her from there. Oh yeah, my God! So. And when she at the end of the when that note she sings at the end again, Audra, I love you. <laughs> she did amazing. I loved the wardrobe. I, contrary to many people's beliefs, enjoyed the live action Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I loved I, it too. 
I loved the music they added. I mean, I feel like um, the, the that Emma Watson, her singing was it it lacked. I mean, it was it was fine. She's not but, a singer. Yeah, but it, it. All right, so I'm just gonna say this: if you're doing a musical, the first prerequisite is you need to sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, her voice was okay. It for me, it 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 lacked the shimmer and sparkle that the voice of Belle should have because it's that shimmer and sparkle that is what really shows and vocally her curiosity and her 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 thirst for knowledge and and more in life. Okay, um, I I can see that. You know, I yeah. I just. Um, I feel like she was hired um, besides her name, um, you know, being a big name. She acted, the, she acted really community. well. She's She is a great actress. She's um, fantastic. I love her. Her, her got, singing, though, was like a mayonnaise sandwich. But yeah. everything else was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson, got, I love you too. Call me. I'm in the she's book. She's got the determination and tenacity and intensity to a spurn off Gaston and B, you know, stand up to the beast, go after her father. She's, she's got the, um, capabilities to be a, a heroine. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. that's more what they were looking for than a singer. She, 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 she rescues the beast in the end really and as far as as far as gaston once again he falls into that same category as bubba from mama's family he's someone that i would fuck and then turn on npr and listen to that (laughs) afterwards (laughs) yes i oh my gosh when i saw him in uh the girl on the train like it mm, it was not i like the animated i thought the animated gaston was was even better. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting turned on by a drawing. Oh sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh, definitely, oh yeah, it was Jesus. definitely way better. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Oh. Um. So I have uh, one thing I thought was really cool. Um. Okay, I do have to talk about Sandy real quick in this one. Um. One, who would let a Shiba Inu go? On the streets of New York. That dog was way too clean to be a stray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-mm. That dog was not a stray. You know. And um, in this version, they did not have kids chasing it. It was the dog catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shiba Inus are expensive and very well loved. So I highly doubt that this dog was a stray. Um, but... I digress. Um, it might have been a really recent, really recent stray. Maybe, you know. Um, but one thing I thought was really cool is they actually had like a little homeless community where, you know, when Annie is running from the police officer, she's like, oh, you know, pretend you didn't see us. And she and Sandy like slipped down a little like gap in between the buildings and then the police officers come up and they like start harassing this homeless community. And so I, I liked that they showed that, you know, there was this group of homeless people like 
working together to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, not not that the cops needed to harass them, but I I like that you know the orphans weren't the bottom of the barrel for the Depression era. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, they're the ones that should have sang "It's a Hard Knock Life." Right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. orphans. Yeah, hard knock life, my ass. You have a place to sleep. You have a roof. You're over in a your bed. Head. You right. have a roof over your bed. You got, you got, you got some shitty ass ugly clothing, and and girl, you need some herbal essence in your hair, <laughs> and you need to run a comb through that bitch. But I mean, you but it looks still, like you're having fun. You still, yeah. you're living, you're living high on the hog compared to these people. Oh, and yeah, the, and the Hoovervilles. You're mm-hmm. not hunched over fire in a barrel, you know. Yeah. I mean, Annie wanted to be, but uh, um, anyway, let's see. No guessing on orphans. No guessing on orphans. I don't know what that alluded to. Um, no guessing on orphans? Yeah, that's that's the note. I make weird notes that make sense to me usually. Um I think maybe you need an addendum to the note. <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Think... Jess, I do the same thing. I write stuff and I'm like, it, it made sense at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to look at pictures. I'm trying to find the pictures. Um, do you mean I when think... when Grace was like arriving to like yes. get it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so Annie made herself known in the office instead of making Grace like play charades and guess, um, you know, what what kind of orphan she needed. You know, she she basically was like standing at the edge of the office like, hi, I'm right here. Pick me. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, Stefan. You read my mind and you saved <laughs> my notes. Um, yeah. So uh, it had to do with Grace not having to guess. The orphan. <laughs> See, you get me sometimes. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when uh, when they get to the house, uh, Mr. Warbuck's house, um, so not only do the house cleaners have to be professional dancers, but now they have up the ante for, you know, almost the new millennium and they have to add acrobatics into the housework right well how else are you gonna get to the top of those windows right well like there was one point where like some of the uh butlers are doing like b-boy headstands and you know all this all this just insanity and it's like really like, we needed to up the ante on this. Um, also, I do need to point out, there is no Punjab or Asp. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's but, just, just the, we don't need the raspberry. Raspberries. Oh, are you, are you raspberries. Right? You couldn't hear my pee before, so just the pee. <laughs> well, no, the, the one time, you, it, it literally sounded like you said the ass. And I was like... The P. I I promised the P was there. It was just maybe we should call him the Aspie. The Aspie. <laughs> the Aspie. That is a whole different situation. That's um, a joke there. Yep. 
that you're allowed to make. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can say it. You can't. You're right. I can't. Um, actually, so I wanted to point out that Grace in this movie is a person of color. And we have yes. a couple of the orphans that are people of color. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of Mr. Warbuck's staff who are people of color. So it's nice to see a little more diversity. It's not completely whitewashed. Well, well, so so that started with Cinderella because the whole point, well, Whitney Houston, may she rest in peace, um, was the producer of Cinderella and she wanted to have a black Cinderella. But but when it came to the cast itself, the rest of the cast, they they picked actors and actresses that they felt would pl- portray the role the best. I mean, if you look at Prince Prince Charming, so his father was Victor Garber, his mom was Whoopi Goldberg, and he was Asian. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of amazing that a that a, a a a black woman and a white man did the Uchiwawa and produced an Asian. I mean, I thought that was so. I mean, it's. I it, mean, it's but, kind it, of about genealogy. But it's, but it's, it's. Well, I mean, it's well, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a just, fantasy world. Remember right. too. Well, it's, to it's yeah. well, and and as as Stefan pointed out, the the stage bound aspect of it is that it's colorblind casting. Yeah. And that's true. And, and that's, I mean, there. I mean. And and anyone that has a hissy fit about that, I'm sorry, but don't sit here and scream and yell about colorblind casting and then be pit bullying for tickets to Hamilton and not have a problem with the founding fathers being black and Puerto Rican. Yeah. It's colorblind right. casting. It's just like, you know, get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless the role specifically says... Like in Miss Saigon, I don't think I would want a, a a black woman playing Kim. She's Asian, just the same as when the role of the engineer was originally portrayed in London, and then to some people's chagrin on Broadway by Jonathan Price, the the engineer is a Eurasian character. And in fact, fun fact, um, when that show initially opened in london both um the both um jonathan price and the gentleman who played tui who were both white playing asian characters they actually wore tape prosthetics to make their eyes look asian and people got pissed so they got rid of that yeah Mm -hmm. but but the cool thing is is that that anyone Mm-hmm. Uh, but that uh, show, uh, but see yeah. that show opened up a huge door for for Asian actors because think about it before Miss Saigon you really only saw Asian actors in roles that were scientists or mathematicians I mean or, or very stereotyped this this created a whole new and because Aya Salonga who voiced Jasmine the singing as well as Mulan and and his 
done so many wonderful things and and it's it's just opened so many doors so i mean my whole thing about this and i'll i promise i'll be done it's just it's fine it's willing suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. and and that's just what you need to do again just go for the ride and enjoy the hell out of it very if well you said. can't if you can't do that then don't watch a damn movie don't watch a show just read a cookbook <laughs> or the dictionary. Yeah. Yep. So, um, uh, continuing forward, um, I have uh, one thing I'm very happy about is straight off the bat, um, Grace made Mr. Warbucks like take action in asking Annie to stay. Like she made him like to just stay with him instead of sending her back to the orphanage. Um, you know, instead of, you know, in the 82 version when Grace is like, oh, can't she stay? And he's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, no, yeah. you need to invite her and, like, let her stay. Like, this Warbucks is ridiculous. Was, Warbucks was much, much less like of a, like a curmudgeon in this one. Um, so they included the number uh, NYC. Um, mm-hmm. which, which kind of took the place of let's go to the movie. Uh, and is it me or did I note like a little bit of Edelweiss in there? Like I can kind of hear it. There is, there is just a part in there where it seems it's like the NYC is Edelweiss. Yeah. NYC. Yep. Yep. So that's that's what I heard. And I, you know, I love the sound of music. I've been singing Edelweiss to my son since he was a little bitty baby. So, like, I'm just like, what? Edelweiss? What? What is going on here? Um, so I just I thought that was interesting. I picked up on that. Um, they did do Easy Street early. Um and they kind of combined it with uh, the introduction of Rooster and Lily mm-hmm. into they just they just kind of rolled um, the two like introduction numbers for Rooster into one in this um, mm-hmm. and did well, it early. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is in the in the stage production. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I I didn't know. Yeah, um, it's yeah. Okay. Also, uh, this this movie runs an hour and a half compared to the eighty two ver- version, which is two hours and seven minutes. So right. they they really kind of clamped down here. Um, just like when uh, the orphans were listening to Annie on the radio, they didn't do a whole like radio studio. Uh, scene um, it's mm-hmm. just Annie's voice and then uh, dealing with a crabby orphan and actually I thought this was super cute when the orphans were dancing in pairs um, but you could definitely tell that they had been uh, choreographed because like some of their dancing in pairs was like really good dancing um, like the Charleston and some swing moves and mm-hmm. I'm like whoa, like, where did these kids pick up this? Like, y'all are orphans. You are not professional dancers. Are you? 
Like, I don't know here. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, clear, clearly, Jess, you have not gone to look for an to adopt an orphan in a while. I, I mean, I guess. Hello, yeah. <laughs> don't you know the movie um, Blades of Glory? <laughs> I mean, I've he never was an orphan. That. Oh my God, Stefan, get the hell out of here, Jess. T- <laughs> cut his mic off. <laughs> I can't. I'm not at his house. Mm-hmm. I, I have a party. microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. I think it's great you went with that one. I was thinking when you were saying that, get ready to say it, it was, was Miss Bianca Del Rio when she said, yes, and I have the microphone now. And I know you'll have a microphone tomorrow when you're running that drive through. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. That was, if you've never seen that, Jess, look for Bianca Del Rio, Bianca Del Rio on um, YouTube. Um, her, her reads and burns are just amazing. Oh my okay. God. And, and also I was a little sad that when you were talking about Alan Cumming, you didn't mention his, his cameo in Bianca Del Rio's movie, Hurricane Bianca. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I kind of got cut off and didn't finish my Alan Cumming section. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's it's all good. You know, I, I understand we're also running really long on time. So, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. And I'm glad you brought it up, you know, in talking about Alan Cumming because he's amazing and can do anything pretty much. Um, um, we were talking about the orphans. Uh, oh, yes, Miss Hannigan did not hear of the reward on the radio. The orphans told her. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. like this, this woman, despite, you know, raising y'all, she's, she's still, you know, not the best. So, um, probably shouldn't tell her that. Um, maybe that's why they were orphaned. Maybe. I don't know. They were not, they were not the, the, the sharpest pencil in the box. I guess. I just, I don't know. Um, but yeah, them, them dancing in pairs was super cute. Um, definitely, uh, some advanced dancing as you will. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then there's a musical number, and Annie is being adopted by Mr. Warbucks, and they do uh, anything but you. Um, Which was also then, not in the uh, 82 version. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, was anything but you. What was? It's at the very end, yeah. Remember? I'm poor oh, as a yeah. mouse, I'm richer than Midas. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're we're not at the right. end yet. Um, but yeah, they they kind of did anything but you in the middle. Um, I I think Mr. Warbucks was trying to convince Annie to be adopted, but she kind of stuck to her guns. She's like, "No, my parents are still out there." Da da da. Um, and so we go back to the orphanage. Uh. Rooster and Lily are back uh, to talk to Miss Hannigan, and uh, Miss Hannigan 
doesn't believe Lily can, you know, hack it as Annie's mom, um, because she keeps opening her mouth and saying stuff and pretty much, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much, uh, telling. What's she tries going to on. make herself sound more impresorial. Right, <laughs> and you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, Chris, Kristen Chenoweth auditioned for the role of Annie in the 82 version, but she was uh, dropped out of the running. She was dropped from the running because her Southern accent was too thick. Here's, here's a fun fact for you. My alma mater, Westminster choir college, the school of music of Rider university, Princeton campus did a, a semi staged production of the late Leonard Bernstein's Candide with Kristen Chenoweth playing Cunegonde. She sang Glitter and Be Gay. Mm. Very cool. Six degrees of separation. There you go. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I love that. I believe everybody is connected that way. Definitely. Um, So... Miss St. Regis was booted and uh, Miss Hannigan took over and she and Rooster go and uh, tell Mr. Warbucks and Annie about the locket and they're so happy to find her again. And, um, you know, I, I put down that this Annie is more childlike, you know, she she kind of goes off and she says she's going to pack, but she like goes and curls up and cries and. You know, it it shows that, you know, she she really doesn't want this. Because um, she's but, a gold digger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she started early. But uh, she she knows it's the right thing to do. Whereas in the 82 Annie, she was just like, OK, I'm going to go pack. This is how it is. Right. Period. All right. I, I I have to address the elephant in the room. Annie is a fucking moron. I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, I understand you're an orphan and that's really sad. But your parents dumped your ass. And I know you think that they're coming back for you, but they fucking dumped you. Well, and it was, you're living it, it was with the, the richest. But you're living with the richest person on the planet. I would be like, you know, I'd rather just stay here. I mean, move on, girl. Move on. They were getting $50,000, remember? Yeah. $50,000 compared to billions? I mean, true. But I mean, as far as Annie's parents, you know, a band, I mean, remember, it was the Great Depression. People had to do desperate things to survive. Yep. It's also a movie or a um, musical. But what I'm telling I you, she was... should have stuck to Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure uh, to drink your Ovaltine. Yep. Ovaltine. A crummy commercial. Son of a son of a bitch. <laughs> so I I thought it was really sweet that Grace, you know, sang to Annie while she's you know having yeah. this mm-hmm. breakdown and being you know, a real kid and feeling her feelings instead of pushing them all away and, you know, not, not feeling anything and just, you know, being emotionally stunted and like, okay, I'm going to go pack. Oh, here, you know, this would look great on Molly. 
you know, this would look cute on Pepper, like, no, like, you're, you're allowed to feel, like, it's okay, um, and so I just, I thought it was really touching, and kind of, uh, showed, um, Grace and Annie's relationship a little better, um, so I, I thought it was pretty funny, um, we, we go back to the, we, you know, go back to the orphanage and uh lily is playing poker with the orphans and losing horribly Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and she she makes a comment about annie and gets cornered by the orphans and quote unquote forced to tell the plan and she's like you know rooster wouldn't leave me here he wouldn't leave me to rot in Rikers for three weeks again. And, you know, she kind of yep. comes to it. And she's like, oh. Uh, she had. Okay. Um, she had, like, Billy kind of the uh, the Kelly Bundy. I was about delay, to say. It's like, yay. Hey. hey. I was about to say the Kelly Bundy bounce. <laughs> the Bundy the bounce. new Alante. Uh, so anyway, it's um, orphans to the rescue. Uh, they head out and uh, try to go save Annie. And um, they get to the... Uh, mansion and tell tell uh, Daddy Warbucks that Annie's real parents are actually dead and Lily has come with them and you know she she kind of fesses up and is like you know yeah you know this is this is for real um like this they're dead like these are not her parents um so basically she was kidnapped um and uh they had actually asked um Mr. and Mrs. quote unquote Mudge, uh Rooster and Miss Hannigan to come back the next day so Annie could spend uh could spend Christmas Day with them. So my mistake, mm-hmm. um I, I watched this a few days ago and in all the Annies it's a little hard to keep everything straight. Um she didn't get kidnapped, she's still at the uh, mansion, and when Rooster and Miss Hannigan come back for Annie, um, they are arrested, you know, and taken away, and Lily thinks she's getting off scot-free, and they're like, nope, there's a warrant for you, and, uh, the... Oh, are we on caps? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, uh, the president is there, um, and with the FBI, because they were looking for, they were looking up Annie's locket to try and figure out who her parents were. Um, and which, you know, is kind of a smart way to go about it. Um, but, you know, just uh, just working with everyone they could. But the president is there, and at the end, he tells the, or- well, the orphans get to stay for Christmas morning. And then he tells the orphans that there will be parents for them. Uh, I want to say, like, 
I think they said like within a year or something. Uh, but I have here parents and presents for orphans, family for Annie, new locket, and Warbucks wedding Grace. And so, you know, uh, Daddy Warbucks um, proposes to Grace, and she says yes, and yay them. Mm-hmm. The end. And the proposal scene, I guess the executives at Disney felt uncomfortable and wanted to cut it out because it was uh, an interracial relationship type thing. Yeah, in 1999. Uh, and so they filmed an alternate shot where they it's not implied that they, you know, are clo- you know close or you know develop a relationship even to let alone be proposed to and victor garber deliberately flubbed it so bad to the point where they didn't use it good yep good on him audra mcdonald confirmed this uh like only a few years ago in an interview nice leave it yeah leave it to a queen to, yes. to fix everything <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so, Stefan, do you want to tell us about your MVP? Uh, my MVP is my MVP is uh, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, aka Lily St. Regis, because in this one, you know, she, you know, kind of saved the day. I guess you could say, even though you know she did go to jail. Which this, you know, this one kind of like, I mean, like I said, in the '82 one, it was always kind of clunky to me. How I mean. Some time maybe passed, and maybe Mrs. Hannigan did get arrested initially, and we just, you know, didn't see it. But, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just liked, you know, that she did the right thing, even though it was, you know, kind of vindictive, but it worked out. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So, how did the movie fare with the critics? So, it, it does not have a technical critical score on Rotten Tomatoes uh, to have a percentage score. It has to have at least five certified critic uh, reviews as per Rotten Tomatoes. There are three though, uh, two positive and one negative. So that comes out, you know, unofficially 67% critical and 57% audience. Huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Alrighty, so you know, out of three whole reviews, <laughs> uh, it it did all right. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Uh, according to Meatloaf. I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf again. It's still good. Anyway, don't really... feel sad because two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about the 2014 remake of Annie? to quote jay sherman it stinks i'm just kidding (laughs) billy go ahead sorry sorry wow how do i top that well it's pretty much the same rehash except she's not an orphan in this one she's a foster kid yeah and when they sing hard knock life Uh uh-huh and then when you're a foster kid, I'm like, really? Did you catch the other lyric they changed in the song? Which one? I, I, 
I was Instead I was trying so hard not to throw up the entire time. Mickey Finn to Looney yep. Bin. Yep. Which I didn't realize till was a Mickey Finn is like basically a roofie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like ugh. I had to ask my mom what that was, and she told me. I'm like, oh, oh I didn't know till I was an adult. Yeah, I I I, I knew what Mickey Finn is. Yeah. Again, you know, a, a PG rate like this movie was going to get a PG rating. This movie was set in in present day New York City, and instead of the Warbucks character being like a, a stockbroker, and he 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 developed making he, all his he, money in coil in coil yeah, coil and, and, uh, and, coal. and, and coal oil co- coil yeah. and coil. <laughs> um, he um, coral. He, started, yeah. coral! He, he made his money. He made his money um, doing. Um, he created a cell phone um, and cell service with his phrase "never drop the call," and he was a germaphobe. And is, is he germaphobe. was a that that. Side pocket in the car of Purell, he was set for 2020, thinking ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, you, no, honey, you got but it. I just, everything about this movie made me want to lash out irrationally at everyone. Because it's, I mean, the 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 performances were very one dimensional. There was no real there was no real growth that I it just it's and it was just I mean Jamie Jamie Fox, I mean I just I didn't I didn't really care for his performance. Um I I I really was really irked when they did the scene where he was brushing his teeth and he was bald and he had that, that oh, micro, yeah. that micro, uh, I, I was like, really, really? And he I looked mean, good bald. But it was, it was, and it was the worst bald cap ever. Oh my yeah. God. It was the worst. I mean, it, it gave Even me worse flashbacks. Than Victor Garber's. It, it it gave me flashbacks to the to the bald to the to the skull cap that they put on that poor child that had to play Jason Voorhees in the first oh, Friday oh. the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like one. that bitch was bunching up. It's like you should have cut his hair down before you put that thing on. That was it was it was a shower cap gone horribly awry. But I mean, there were. There were a few things that I that I did like. I enjoyed um, the song "Opportunity." Yes, um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was I thought that that was nice, and I enjoyed that. I totally just wanted to just scream with the whole "I can't read," and it was just like it just seemed so. I just felt like this whole movie was just trying to force like every kind of stereotype that they could. I mean, it's just like, oh, come on. And then I'm sorry, but the character guy 
was he was a used bag of douche. He was horrible. It was just and 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 it was just it was so just not anything that was worth even watching. I just I, all I have to say is I watched this on Amazon Prime and I was so glad that it had commercials in it because it gave me time <laughs> to dry heave and still be able to to not miss any of the 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 movie. Jess, I know you really liked this movie. Um the the one of the standouts for me was David Zayas who played the um the um person the the guy who owned the little the little bodega. Um yes. mm-hmm. I I thought I thought he he what he said about about Hannigan was was really sweet. That's that's a person, that's a character that looks beyond the the initial the initial ex- exterior and and looks for the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Cameron Diaz. Cameron, I love you and I hope you're enjoying retirement. Um but it was the beginning of the movie was almost shrill. It just, it seemed so disingenuous. It, um, I mean, it I just, did, it, oh. no, no, go, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I did kind of like at the beginning, the homage to the original, I called her the Annie fake out. <laughs> in class and then yeah. you know, they introduced her as Annie B, <laughs> which I hope that I hope that was not like I mean I I know they didn't mean it this way, but I hope they didn't mean like Annie Black. I'm like ugh. No. Her I know. last name was no. Bennett. Mm-hmm. But oh, the, right. I will say they 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 took... and the FDR uh presentation was a nice touch too. Yeah. It was yes. a nice a nice homage. Mm-hmm. Um I really I did enjoy the composite character of Punjab and the Asp in the and all rolled into the the um driver slash bodyguard slash fixer um Nash. I thought he was another just really wonderful wonderful performance it's really kind of entertaining the i found in this this iteration of annie the 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 characters that i enjoyed the most were the incidentals Mm. the the characters that were not the that were not the headliners they weren't they weren't the leads I mean, yeah. I didn't. I didn't give two shits about Annie. I mean, I just thought it's it was so sappy and so sugary that if you were diabetic and you watched this movie, your toes would just turn black. Um, just it was just so. It was just. It wasn't. It. It was. It was so not even close to being slightly real. I did not like no. when she said, "We only say no because we're scared to say yes." I'm like. That's problematic, sweetie. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I, no, no, no. And it's like, 
Rose Rose Byrne as Grace. Now I love her. I, I do love I, her. I think I mean one of my personal favorites that she did was Spy. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That hair. I was. I was like, Oh my God. Uh Living for your wig. I am living for that hair. Oh my God. Oh my God. That movie is. That movie is is everything. That and and the spy who dumped me. If you've not seen that, that's another really great. That was good too. Oh my God. No, I haven't seen that one. Sorry. Kate McKinnon can do no wrong. Kate McKinnon, I love you. She. Kate McKinnon was like unofficially the lead of that movie. I don't care. Sorry, Mila Kunis. I didn't really care for Mila Kunis, but I mean, Kate McKinnon. I mean, I loved her in the reboot of um, Ghostbusters. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I actually liked the the reboot better than the original. I know that seems sacrilegious. Wow. I, I just thought I thought that the characters were were just. Better developed. Yes. I mean, and 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 the and the 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 dialogue. I mean, I mean, hello. You really hired that big dumb guy? I have a cousin Mookie that's half as dumb and will work for Vienna sausages. Between <laughs> that, it was like, I guess his ass going to Queens. He gonna be the second ugliest thing on that train, or scariest thing on that train. I mean, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, and and when. When Kate McKenna's like, I would talk to you at an AA meeting. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Stuff like that is just I I love it. And I just and I like the fact that that everybody, except for of course Harold Ramis, who had passed, may you rest in peace, you were incredible. They and mm-hmm. and and they all made cameos. And of course, my favorite cameo was Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, my favorite line of that movie is "Safety lights are for dudes." <laughs> but I, I just—it's like I—I I felt like the 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 what would be considered a bit character, um, the minor characters, just they were the ones that that made the the movie bearable. Um, <laughs> Since when we're touching on Mila Kunis, can we talk about the Twilight ripoff movie that they <laughs> saw? <laughs> Which one was that? Where they go to the movie with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and Rihanna? <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. No, it's it's no, it's the it's movie, the movie in within. The movie. Yeah, uh, in like when when they go to the movie. Oh 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 oh! I know. Oh okay. All right, I'm with you now. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the, 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 the mermaid people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sorry, but I mean, when, when Jamie Foxx started acting all into a chick flick, it just reminded me of that character that he used to play on um, in Living Color. Um, I, I didn't take it that way. It. A lot of the time he was more like, what the fuck am I watching? But he got all, he was, he was all into it. I mean, at the end, he was all wrapped up in that movie. Okay. But I just, I just, I have issues with Jamie Foxx. He's not my favorite. He's just not my favorite. And Bobby Cannavale, um, who is actually my, my that actor. Well, you had, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, you? yeah, I, I put, I, I thought, I thought, um, 
Billy, I thought you were going to go with Rose Byrne because you did Grace Fer- the, the Grace Farrells for both of the others. So uh, just no, as a backup. I'm, I'm going in a different direction. I chose. I chose. I chose. I I did I chose Tracy Toms. Um, because mm-hmm. she was she's she's done some good stuff. Oh yes, she has. She has so many acting credits. Yeah. I I will say this. I think that it's absolutely fantastic that her dream was to be in Rent, and then she got cast in the movie and then yes and then she ended up in the broadway cast of rent in the final cast as she closed the show out oh wow Mm. i put down so billy uh do you watch 911 i've seen bits and pieces Uh, i've caught a couple of them so she plays uh, a character in a same-sex relationship on that show. And this past season, they fostered a child. And I wrote in my notes and messages to Jess before this. I'm like, yeah, Karen is a fake foster mom here. You know, but a real one. <laughs> a yeah. one. Her character's <laughs> name is Karen on that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she played. Yeah, she, I mean, I, I just, I... I really, really like, it. and my 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 only regret is that she can sing really well, and I wish that she had had some sort of a singing shtick in this. But I will say, the entire time that I was watching this Annie Redux, I kept waiting for like like when she was being kidnapped. I was I was waiting for Detective Olivia Benson to show up with the rest of Spoon <laughs> and McDonald. I wanted that. I wanted that. Oh my yes. god, Mariska uh, Hargitay, you're everything. Oh yes. Oh my goodness, love. We have oh my about god, her on you're the show. Preaching of the choir with. Jess, oh my god, Mariska Hargitay, amazing. And I just uh, I kept looking for her for her, and I mean it was it was like oh my god all we. It's it it was it was it was like foo with music. Yes. It was a it was a sappy saccharine foo with music. Mhm. Okay, so I am going to take a moment and jump in here. Um jump, I, girl. I I am going to correct you here, Billy. Um I didn't love this movie. I'm going to say that. Um okay. I <laughs> I think it was a good updated remake is what I want to jump in on. Um, That's fair. You know, it's it's not my favorite movie ever. Um, if I am going to watch an Annie, it's probably going to be the classic. Um, but I think they did a really good job updating it um, and making it, you know, less prob- less problematic than the original you know and like um you know instead of you know working in oil and coal which you know nowadays ain't that great what is like um, what are you doing get out of that business yeah well I, well I don't well i don't what i don't understand is is would be the coal piece because i mean that's just that's just dying but well 
back in the Great Depression, they still use trains a lot. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. we well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, no, but in in the update. Yeah, but uh, but I will uh, say this. I do have to say this really fast for for those people that 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 really loved the previous administration in the White House that that say that they don't want um big government watching them and 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 monitoring them because and they're afraid that the vaccine has some sort of a chip in it this movie uh, points out exactly what i have yeah. heard other people say big big government isn't doing that your damn cell phone is tracking your every yep. damn move right. that's why mm-hmm. that's why there's been a push for you now within within the apple realm if you have an iphone or an ipad when you update your your software it now is asking if you will if you're willing to let that app track you so yeah. you can go no mm-hmm. no i don't want you track it sure so yeah. that's i mean yeah i'm like it's not it's not the government that's tracking you boo it's your iphone it's your galaxy yeah. when yeah, it's not catching on fire and burning your shit out yeah which brings me to my that actor um mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that is so perfect like you You're have welcome. no idea thank you so much you walked me right into it my that actor is oh my goodness i lost her name um Oh gosh, Patricia Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. So um, underrated. So underrated. So so funny thing. Like, if you blink, you would miss her in this yes. movie. Like, I did a double take when I saw her. Like, she's literally on a video for like ten milliseconds. Um. So literally, you will blink and you will miss her. Um. She was born in New Orleans, just like me. Thank you. Um, but she has been in so many things. Holy buckets. She's got mm-hmm. 98 action credits. Um, I'm just, oh gosh, this page is so long. Um, she was in the 87, the untouchables. Um, I'm just going to call out the, the fi- ones I the final, The final Dirty Harry movie, uh, the Deadpool, which was also uh, one of Jim Carrey's first roles. Okay. I yeah. I haven't seen that. Um, you know, she she was on an episode of Law and Order in 1990. Um, she let's see what else do I recognize? She was in Jumanji as Carol Parrish. Mm-hmm. I think that was the mom. Yeah. Um She was in She the was in the Green Mile. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think I'm there yet. I did not see that. Um, I'm just kind of going up the list here. Oh, there's the Green Mile. Uh, yep, as Melinda Moore's. Yes, yeah, she uh, was. She was the um, the warden's wife who had cancer and would scream and curse. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. John um, Coffee liked the like the drink, but not spelt the same. Sucked the 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 cancer out of her, and then gave it to. Um, the really bad um, police officer or corrections officer who then mowed down another person was fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Um, she had a arc, a character arc on Frasier for a while as Claire French. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the Carrie TV movie as Margaret White. I'm guessing I've never, mom. 
I've never seen that. I've always wanted to. I've heard it's good, that version. I I have not seen it either, but I recognize Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a story arc in Six Feet, or a character arc in Six Feet Under uh, as Sarah O'Connor. She was in Good Night and Good Luck. She was in All the King's Men. Uh, she was in Lars and the Real Girl. She, oh goodness, she's been in so much. Easy A. Easy A. Another, yeah. I, my, I, am I used there. to be able to get my legs so <laughs> far back. I get my legs so <laughs> far back. Um, I used to, I, Sorry. No, it's okay. I slept with a bunch of heap of pack. <laughs> before EPA, um, actually in the same year, she was in Shutter Island as Rachel too. Love that movie. I loved her part in that movie, even though it was one scene and technically, uh, spoiler alert, technically not real. Um, and actually before that, she was in uncredited in the Lonely Island featuring Justin Timberlake video short Mother Lover. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I have no idea what that is. Lonely Island? <laughs> like, you don't know Lonely I Island? Like I, should, I feel like I should know what that is, but it's, I'm drawing a it's, blank. Um, it originated on SNL, you know, uh, Dick in a Box. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay, yes, yes, I, I know what you... Oh, yeah, and it felt so good. Yeah, that's the Lonely Island. Okay, uh, yeah. She was Rosemary in Easy A. She was in the Lonely Island video for Three Way, The Golden Rule, as Mother, again. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on SNL as Mother. Uh, she was in Parks and Rec uh, in a couple episodes. Uh, she was in the Maze Runner series. Um, oh, yeah. That brings me to Annie. She was the focus group woman, mm-hmm. which... Again, if you blink, you would miss her. Um, and, he, and she was even, and she technically, and she wasn't even uncredited in Annie for that like brief. No, no, she she had a line, you know. Right. She, um, mm-hmm. actually, I uh, I think it's I think it's funny when they get like big name stars for really minuscule parts. Yeah. Like um, Brad Pitt in uh, was it? Oh gosh, it was uh, where he was the invisible guy. Um, Deadpool, Deadpool two, Deadpool two, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Um, or like Kate Blanchett in Shaun of the Dead, like or or Glenn Close as the pirate that gets stuck in the movie. Yes, box. yes, <laughs> right. See, she put that one out. She Bam. was on um a really she had a really a really funny episode of Broad City. I was just going to mention that she did uh-huh. Broad City as Timothy's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Maze Runner 2. She was on American Dad. She was in Maze Runner The Death Cure. She was in Delirium, which I personally love that movie. I know not a lot of people do, but I do. Um, I, I did like that movie. Not as much as you, but I did like it. I oh I I really like it. It is on mm-hmm. Netflix. It has Topher Grace. Um, I don't think Topher Grace is the best actor ever, but I do really enjoy that movie. Um, I like the premise of it. Um, she was in Sharp Objects as Adora Krellin, and that miniseries followed the book really well. Just kind mm-hmm. of, um, and and it's the only one of the only miniseries based off a book recently where they're not going to continue on with new material outside of the book. Huh. 
We're looking well, at you, 15, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, then she was on House of Cards as Jane Davis for about a year. Uh, she was on a TV series, Short State of the Union, actually in 2021. So that's coming up. And then she's got a couple, uh, three uh, things coming up as well. So, mm-hmm. like, she's she's got her hustle on. She's she's getting it. Yeah. You didn't mention, Jess, she was in a really underrated movie from 2001, The Wendigo. It's a really good supernatural horror movie. I think it might still be on Shutter. I would. I. It's. It's very good. Uh. Okay. I just. Again. I just went up the list of ones that I recognize. No, I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. I recommend it. All right. Cool. Um. But yeah, she was my that actor, and again, mm. if you blink, you will miss her. Yes. Yeah, you will. Um, but yeah, as as I was saying before, I really love this uh, this version um, for what it is. Um, I think it was a great updated version of the story of Annie, and you know, um, making. Well, I mean, it was produced by uh, Will Smith and. Um, who else? Uh, Jay Z. Jay Z. Yep. Who um, he he was supposed to play, uh, Stax. Yep. And uh, Will Smith wanted his daughter Willow to mm-hmm. play Annie, um, but by the time it started, Willow was too old. Um, but honestly, I really love that they got Jamie Fox. I think he did a great job. You know, for what the movie was. Um, it's, you know, I. I like that they changed his name, you know, to to fit more with, you know, what people would understand. You know, people are not going to understand what's a war buck, but people are going to know what stacks are. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Uh, I just got that. <laughs> really? Who, who, who yeah. runs for mayor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I literally, I wrote in my notes, billionaire running for mayor of New York City. What a shock. I know, this is my yeah. shock face. Yeah. Mm. Only yep. I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I just... Um, Never drop the citizen. I I really enjoyed how they updated it. I enjoyed how they took pieces of the classic songs and redid them and mm-hmm. updated them um, for for all the naysayers and whatnot. I mean... I love the classic. Don't get me wrong. I just think this was a really good updated version. And when Annie gets kidnapped by these people who are hired by Miss Hannigan, like, you know, in the other two movies, yeah, they put on a hat and glasses and miraculously there's somebody else. What, are they fucking Clark Kent now? No. But they, you know, also that they're, you know, Caucasian versus African-American. Mm-hmm. Um, to be Annie's real parents, they hire these people, which, um, you know, Billy, you talked about Tracy Thomas already, who I fully agree. She's amazing. Um, but you know, in, in them driving away, you know, Annie is, you know, 
big in the press now. You know, cameras mm-hmm. aren't ridiculously expensive to buy. They're in your pocket on your phone. And, you know, Guy even made her a Twitter account. So he basically fucked himself. But, you know, in being kidnapped, she is sitting in the back seat getting people's attention. And people are tweeting. Like, That's oh, Annie. Hey, it looks like she's waving. And, you know, they're, they're you know taking pictures and tagging her as they're going along so they're able to follow it and so i just thought it was a really interesting and smart way to bring it up to the 2000s you know i, re- this, I did really like that i still i just was in the depression anymore i was just waiting for um oh oh my god what is her name um from um that scene in um boys on the side who's morty <laughs> i've never driving, seen that oh my god Me you gotta either. watch it oh my god so um drew barrymore um hits her her boyfriend in the head with a baseball bat and and flees with um whoopi goldberg and um I will find her name. She's Mary Louise Parker. There we go. I mm-hmm. remembered it. Um, they're heading to California, and they they tie they they well they they tape him to a chair, and they say work on your work on getting out of this. Here's a bottle of water. We'll put some music on, and and head off, and like two and then like about a day or so later she decides she's going to go back to her boyfriend. And so she gets on a bus and is, and is heading back East. And the others see the newspaper that her, her boyfriend who was a drug dealer was found dead in their, in his apartment. And so they're racing alongside the interstate beside this bus. And she's Mary Louise Parker is trying to get, um, her attention, and so she she writes the French word for dead, mort, M O R T E, and she keeps going. Who's Morty? <laughs> and then he, she puts up the <laughs> the the um, newspaper article, and she can see it's a picture of her boyfriend, and it says he was dead. She's like, dead. Get off the bus. Who's Morty? And I just when 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 she's waving, I I wanted them to. I also wanted that moment in Jumping Jack Flash when she said, "I'm a little black woman in a big silver box with a phone on top." Hell, and the and and they're coming up and they and they see her and she's trying to flag them down and they're like, "Right on!" I kind of wanted right. some of that. It 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 got it. It went from, okay. from Sacklin to just a little too. It was it like I said. I was waiting for Mariska. I was waiting for a Mariska moment, and I didn't get it. I, I you know, you know. It, I think I they would have used the same technology in SVU, you know, to track their Twitter or whatever. Well, yeah, but but I wanted her to show up. And I wanted a little bit of a, I wanted a little bit of, because it needed, it needed to also, because they were like, hey, it's Annie, 
wait, she's waving. Wait, oh my goodness. And it's like, um, okay. Um, but I I I kind of wanted some of the kids to be like, hey Annie, hey, look, I'm gonna take a picture. Yay! And and they were it was like they all like all of a sudden everybody just knew that she was in peril. I, I but guess she I didn't, didn't look like that. she was in peril. She didn't I, look I didn't, like she was in peril. Well, no, like, a lot of the people who were taking her pictures were like, hey, it's Annie. Click, 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 click. You know, not like, oh, Annie's in trouble. Like, they're like, oh, she's waving. Well, I so, thought they did sense see what she was in trouble, or some of them did. Yeah, I some thought. of them did. But, and see, mm-hmm. I, because I'm a little bit older, I'm, I'm, I take pictures and whatnot, but I don't instantly put them on the line. So I guess, I guess a lot the of younger do though. I, I get because it's yeah. how they prove that, that that shit happened. So yeah. for so for 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 those of us that are that are approaching the Geritol generation, um, <laughs> that technology is. I mean, I have I have a a TikTok account and I make videos, but. It's not like I make it and immediately pop them on. Sometimes I get them out. If I make one, I'll put it up later that afternoon or evening. Sometimes it's a day or two or a week later. I mean, because I'm just busy living. So well, it's just, it's a little foreign to me. That's there, all. there are these people out there called influencers. And this is what they do is they take a picture and make sure they look good and then they post it and tag where they are. It's and a then, career. Yeah, and then people mm-hmm. want to like live like them or vicariously through them. Uh yeah. <laughs> I, I I guess I guess my my condition doesn't really allow me to to understand that one. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't. I, I'm I I'm a firm believer in what Judy Garland said. She said, always, it's always better to be a first rate version of yourself than a second rate version of someone else. True. Mm-hmm. The more you know, again, gay rainbow shooting star. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I mean, I kind of said my piece. I enjoyed this as, you know, an updated version. Um, let's see, Billy, you talked about David Zayas. Did you want to say anything more about him? No, I mean, he's 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 done some other stuff. But for me, it just I just felt like he made his character very genuine. Yes. And like I said, the mm-hmm. character of Lou and Nash, I mean, they were even the the the. Even Amanda Troya, who played Pepper, I, I just, I felt, I felt more invested in them than I did. And Will Stacks can jump off a bridge. Miss Hannigan, suck it. Grace, <laughs> she, if she, all, she really should have had blonde hair because she, 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 she played almost, almost like a ditz. It was, yeah. it was, it was, a, yeah. it was like a nerdy ditz. And I just, it was like, it was like dumb blonde 2.0. It's like, okay, but did you or did you not cheer when she punched Guy? Well, well, that, Mm -hmm. well, well, Annie had said, and, 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 but the best part about that was when Pepper said, that don't mean she like you. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Mm mm-hmm. And the tea is spilt. (laughs) But I mean, I just, like I said, I mean, 
I, I know you liked the way that they they updated the music, but honestly, it was from from a from a compositional standpoint, it seemed really really odd, especially because you. Uh, I think if you had never seen any of the previous versions, had never heard the cast recordings, never saw it on stage, and this was your very first time, you might go along with it. But for for someone who grew up with the original, it's kind of like mm-hmm. that god-awful, and I hope they burn in hell, a fifth of Beethoven. That that disco version of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Well, first off, it's not da 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 dun. It's it's on the offbeat, so it's 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 not a triplet pattern. It's ba 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 bum ba 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 bum, and it and they they fucked that all up. And this it was just like this don't belong here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you didn't say that. It just it just seemed. It was. It, they should have just written new music. It was. It was. It was. They were updating the whole thing. And I absolutely. I hated the updated version of. I think I'm gonna like it here. Oh my god! I I, just, I, I literally wrote. I think I'm gonna like it here. Barf was my. That, that was my note. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I, I was. I was singing along. Going. I think I'm gonna vomit here. <laughs> I mean, because it Great was minds just, think alike. It was, it was just, it's, it's, it's like, oh my god, it's theatrical music, and and this is, and this, and it, this takes, I'm, and I'm gonna go on a tear for a moment, so just go with me. It's like when Disney released Frozen Two, which I think is light years ahead of the first movie. Yes. And I mm-hmm. felt I felt that the music was 20 times better in the second movie than the first. And I had several friends that that went with me to see it and they said, "Well, it was nice, but it's not something that's going to be played on the radio." And I'm like, "That's not the point." No. The whole point of musical theater of of movies that have songs written into the show. It's not this is going to be a great a great record for the for the radio. It's does it does it push the 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 narrative forward? Does it allow you to see the character in a different light? It's in service of the story. It's not this will make a great this will get a grammy and 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 it's like with that i think i'm going to vomit here the it they took a stage number and tried to turn it into a pop tune mhm that's like and i know i'm going to get booed and hissed but i don't give a flying fuck when whitney houston sang i will always love you i just wanted to just smack her I'm sorry. Ooh, your gay card's been revoked. No, it hasn't. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. I mean, the thing is this: 
that song, if you look at why that song was originally written and the way that Dolly Parton sang it, and I understand that she never got it to the same to the same level in the billboards as Miss Whitney Houston did. But it was much it was more sincere and more heartfelt. I just felt like like she was just overblowing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It it Fair. was like that. It was like that. And and the stuff the 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 things that I liked musically from this were the were the new pieces, the original work because it fit into not only the 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 story that they were trying to tell in this updated version, but it also fit in with the time that they were trying to tell it. It's like I sing opera and I love going to opera, but nothing irks me more than going to see like Mozart's Cosi Fan Tutte and and seeing it set in like 1950s in a diner. It was set in Naples back in the 1700s, and the 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 text has no no bearing on on being in a diner. That's like I saw a production of Mozart's Don Giovanni, and they said it in modern times, and they and they were talking about they had McDonald's, and there's sections of the the text that talks about about your 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 carriages with your horses. He didn't take no damn horse drawn carriage carriage over to the McDonald's to get your Big Mac. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't ring true. Does if that make sense? So, I'm going to finish my rant by saying they should have just gotten rid of the original the the original music from the from the from the stage show and just done a whole fresh take. They could have kept tomorrow because just like when when they did the the Jim Carrey Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas, they kept "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch." It, but but and 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 they kept the Fahu Forest, but other stuff they kind of they they wrote new music to fit the st- the story and the narrative and and the, the way that they were telling that story. Mm-hmm. This was this was okay. more this was more poppy hip hoppy kind of a feel to it, and they were they were using music that you need to have taps on for. Yeah, I wouldn't want to tap. I wouldn't want to go and tap dance to to Katy Perry's Firework or Roar. But there are people out there who would. Mm-hmm. And they're misguided. <laughs> They're also known as some of the best tappers in the world. Yeah, but some, of the be- some of the best damn tappers. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> most smartest. <laughs> most smartest. No, I mean, but they don't. They don't tap to that. They, 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 they do other stuff, and they also, they also do mashups, and they, and they rehash it to make it something that's more appropriate. But at the same time, the, the tap that they may be doing is not the same kind of tap that would, that would go with that kind of piece. 
like I like the the dancing that's done in the eighty two um, version of of Annie Gregory Hines style of tapping might not work as well. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I guess I kind of feel like you're comparing, you know, more classic, you know, scenarios to a movie that has been updated for the 21st century. Right. Yeah. But at this, but at the same time, I mean, it's like when they did. When they did um, Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, here here we go again. They didn't update the music from the ABBA songs. They kept them in the same tradition and the same the same arrangements that ABBA wrote them in and made and made them work within the the construct of their story. This, I mean, the music was written to to portray a certain time period and that time period that that style of music doesn't always translate well into into this time period yep which is why they took pieces and redid them but they didn't for me they just didn't work very well okay fair everyone everyone's entitled to their opinion very true um I remember seeing David Zayas on Dexter, and I thought he did a really great job. Yeah. Um, Stefan, you have Ms. Haddington as your MVP? Yes. Um, I'm going to touch on Cameron Diaz in this movie. So this is her uh, final movie uh, before her retirement, which she officially announced, I think, in 2016. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah, she has not done a single movie since. I predict she'll do another She'll come out of retirement eventually, probably like, you know, like what Jane Fonda did. Well, and Liv Tyler. Yeah, Yeah. true. Uh, So I I just think Cameron Diaz was grossly miscast in this role. She felt like she was chewing the scenery a little too much. Um, And not in a good way. No, no, exactly. Uh, She actually won the Razzie for worst supporting actress for this role. And some people say that that's why she, what, what are the motivating factors for her to leave acting? Um, Sandra Bullock was the original choice for the role, but she turned it down because she flatly hates musicals and did not want to do one. It's like fair, you know, that's if you're, if you're not going to be a good fit, you know, that's good. Well, And, and, and on, Sorry, and on the reverse side of that coin, uh, Cameron Diaz had always wanted to do a musical. And so mm. she she worked really hard to get this role. And for what it was, I think she did a decent job. Okay. I mean, I'm just comparing her to Carol Burnett, which I know I shouldn't do. I I understand. And Carol Burnett is amazing, and mm-hmm. nobody can hold a candle to her. I get that, um, but for what it was, I'll say this: I she, think Cameron Diaz did okay. I, well, I will say this: 
she made her hand again her own. Yes. And and her character was more likable. I will say, you know, we got a little bit of her backstory in here. Um, yeah. You know, she was like a like a has been singer that you know tried to make it big and failed and just kind of yeah. hated life. And um, uh, and uh, in the end, she realizes what she's doing wrong and does the right thing. Yep. Does the right thing, just not not motivated by revenge or money, just because she realizes what to do. And and that's great. I I I hope her I hope her character, you know, in this universe, you know, had good fortune after that. Well, and in her retirement, you know, she's gotten married and started a family and mm-hmm. you know I think Didn't she read a couple books, I thought. She has. I don't know. Um, I'm I think pretty sure she has. Yeah, she has. I think she's getting to do what she wants to do, mm-hmm. which is something that we all could take a page from in mm-hmm. our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I never thought that she would, you know, get with Benji from Good Charlotte. But, hey, Stranger Things, man. Yeah. Okay, um, my MVP for the movie was Sia. Yes, that's Sia. Uh, Swing mm-hmm. from the Chandelier, Sia. Um, apparently, she does a lot of soundtrack work and whatnot, and uh, had a major hand in the soundtrack for this movie. Um, also, she played the dog catcher, was it? Um, animal control person. Um, oh my God, I guess I didn't notice that was her. Well, I she, mean, she she wasn't wearing her bangs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, yeah, I'm trying to find where it is. Like she's she's uh she's noted for you're never fully dressed without a smile video short, but she is not noted for her actual Mm -hmm. role in the movie um so that's a thing uh of course i'm in trivia um oh i i'm not gonna futz with that but she you know she had a big hand in the soundtrack um and so she uh you're never fully dressed without a smile by sia was released as the lead single in october 2014 um, Opportunity by Sia was released as the second single. Um, you know, it. she did a lot on this soundtrack and for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and like she did a Moonquake Lake with Beck on here. And, you know, it. it's really great. You know, I... For what it is, as an updated version, I think it was done pretty well. Um, I think it's, when shown to today's youth, I think it'll be more understandable and um, recognizable, you know, in this day and age, instead of, 
you know, 1933 Great Depression, you know, I don't want to watch a movie about that girl. I don't care about that girl, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this girl who gets to go live in basically a smart home with a guy who, you know, makes and evolves cell phones and their technology. Oh, yeah, I want to live with that guy. That's awesome. Um... So, you know, again, in this day and age, I think a lot of kids can, you know, find themselves in this version, um, mm -hmm. which, again, they did a good job updating it, but it is not the classic. Um, and anyway, I think Sia did a good job in, you know, um, working with some of the songs and working with you know, the actors and actresses who did their own singing in this movie, which, you know, I thought was decent. Cameron Diaz did not have a horrible voice. Um, and, you know, Jamie Foxx can sing, as we all know. Mm -hmm. uh, well, like we've, we've, heard, we've heard Cameron Diaz sing before, because didn't she sing in The Mask? Which I think that, was her that's first right. role. I yeah. don't know if that was her own voice. Mm. So I I don't know. I don't know if she was lip syncing or not. Um I so I really can't say. Um but in this movie she did her own singing along with everybody else. Um Yeah, how did this movie fare with the critics, Stefan? So, uh on Rotten Tomatoes 21% critical and, or sorry, 28% critical, 59% audience. So a bit of a okay. discrepancy. I mean, I didn't think the critics were going to love this anyway. No, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised, but you know, the audiences liked it a bit more, it seems. Yep. Probably for the reasons that, you know, you stated. I just feel they can connect more to it. Mm-hmm. Which, don't get me wrong, I love classic movies. I love the original Annie. Um, it just... <laughs> not everybody is me. I'm not everybody. You know, just like not everybody is you, Billy, or you, Stefan. Um, you know, not everybody has, you know, a taste for, you know classic movies you know audrey hepburn and you know fred astaire and you know a lot of people nowadays haven't seen those movies mm -hmm. so you know they they updated it for those people it's true yeah i mean they they kept the story intact for what it was but mm -hmm. they brought it up okay anyone have anything else to add nip high football rules i'm sure what? that means something i don't know <laughs> it's from billy madison nib high football rules oh okay mm. gotcha oh, doyle rules <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doyle, so now that I we, think you and your whole family are going down. <laughs> all right, so now that we've discussed our thoughts on these films, let's see how they fared on the social media battle polls. Jess, give us a scoop. 
Alrighty, so we kind of extended this episode. Um, we we had some scheduling issues, um, but we did do a uh, short short um, poll. Oh my gosh, my brain! Uh, and Little Orphan Annie, as I put down the eighty-two version. Uh, basically won by a landslide with over half the votes at 68.4%. And then... Does not surprise me. Disney Annie, the 99 version, uh, beat out Annie Reloaded, the 14 version. <laughs> um, Disney Annie... Annie Redux. <laughs> Redux. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Disney Annie got 26.3%, and Annie Reloaded got a very sad, pitiful, poor 5.3% of the vote. I.e., one, one vote. All right. So the defense breasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, we... but for all this fall to roll, the Annie that I love is not Annie itself, but Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> Give me some Lucy Maud Montgomery. Um, we did have some comments on the poll. Um, we had people saying they've never even heard of the last two. They had only heard of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm like, well, I can, now you have. I can understand right. the 99 people not because yeah. it was just on television. But well, it was specifically on the Disney Channel, which was a premium channel that you had to pay well, extra for. It. No, no, it was on. It was no, on ABC. It was on, yeah. Wonderful World of oh, Disney. Which was on the ABC. Wonderful World of Disney was on yeah. ABC. Yes, you're right. Because yeah, we didn't have we, we was Poe. We didn't have cable. So yeah. but I remember watching Annie. Mm hmm. And uh, the Geeks with Shields podcast, who are a wonderful supporter of ours, uh, yes. said there was an Andy in 99. Did it suck as bad as the others? Um, <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so, uh, Stefan did come on and say it's a much more faithful adaption uh, of the original musical. Um, but, yeah, most, most people hadn't even heard of the other two. Mm -hmm. Men well, on films hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, two snaps, a twist, and a kiss. And then our friend uh, Professor Harbinger, Harbinger, uh, wrote that they realized they've never watched an Annie adaptation. I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah, I actually, I actually posted a minion going, what? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, if uh... if there if there if if Professor Harbinger is a uh, um um millennial or uh what's the next one Gen Zer, I think that's I what it no is. Idea. I can't yeah. I don't know anymore. A, a Zoomer, Zoomer. Yeah, there. Um, I could see that, but if you're Doctor Harbinger, if you're my age, you really should go and scream at your parents. Because you should have at least seen the the eighty two. I mean, right? it ran on cable mm -hmm. all the time. Lord, 
Mm-hmm. It yeah. ran for like three months straight. We were like, oh my God. And then when they finally got rid of that one, then it got good because they brought in what? Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which we come talked a come about. Yeah. Come a come a come a Alrighty. Um, and so, you know, with that, we try to post a poll every Monday. Uh, if we have one, we do not have one this week. Uh, but we will be making an a uh, small announcement, uh, small, big, depending on how you listen to it, uh, announcement on August 1st. Um, but until then, you can find us on our social media pages, on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, Insta, on Gmail, um, and on Patreon uh, at Fighting Films Pod, Fighting Films Podcast, some variation of one or the other. Um, and if you like us and, you know, want to support the page, definitely jump on Patreon where we may or may not be seeing another uh, tier or two coming up soon. So I have a TikTok account. It's Damn Billy, D-A-M-B-I-L-L-Y. You can watch my autistic ass trying new foods and primarily alcohol and watching my faces as I respond to it. It's an experience. <laughs> All righty. Um, and with that, Stefan? Yeah, uh, thank you for all listening. This is Stefan. This is Jess. And this is Bill. Unless you didn't like me, then I'm Zulu Queen of the Dwarf People or Corley Simmons. <laughs> Until next time, let's keep those films fighting. <sighs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye now. Goodbye now. Goodbye. All trivia, movie, and actor references, unless otherwise stated, are from imdb.com. And a huge thank you to Chris the Chippa Chipman for his editing talents and movie poster artwork.